From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Space Brains, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm Surrey and this is Mark. Hiya, tonight it's episode 64 and we're talking about the science fiction film Awake. It came out 2021. In this episode we'll reveal what we thought about the film, the ins and outs of the narrative and the film language, plus a deep dive into a specific piece of science that the filmmakers are proposing. Awake was directed by Mark Rasso and who also uh, co-wrote this with Joseph Rasso. His son, his dad... I have no idea at this point in time. Maybe. Brother. Brother. Hopefully not all at once. (laughs) Well, Mark and Joseph could clear that up for us, couldn't they? Sorry. (laughs) I think we should probably phrase that question politely, though. Yes, I would. Might be awkward. Turn back now, though, if you haven't seen this film, because we're going to be talking about it. Morning, morning. Morning. Tune back in and listen to everything we have to say, because we're going to say the most amazing, brilliant things. Yes, we are. We're going to deep dive onto Awake. So Awake basically is about a global electricity disruption event that knocks out not only the technology we have around us, but also our human body clock so that we can't sleep. Awful. And then it is a race. having a baby. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much the same as as being a dad. Uh, And then it is pretty much a race against insanity because if you don't sleep, you're going to go insane. Um, Kicking in to see if we can find a cure. So what was your number one takeaway from Awake? Sorry. My number one takeaway is don't bother trying to use science to convince a church full of people. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. It's not the right place. (laughs) As someone that was uh, born and bred and wrenched their childhood through one of the major christian religions i can tell you do not try to critically discuss things with these people they bring out guns they don't usually <laughs> shoot you in the head but no they don't they don't well know, i don't know what church you went to metaphorically they might shoot you in the head yeah Me- metaphorically yeah they're very close-minded it's a very it's a it's quite a scary scene that isn't it in a way in this film Oh, I loved it. I, in my little notes, I wrote down talking sense in a church, exclamation mark. <laughs> and then I watched it in the next couple of minutes and went, oh, okay. Oh, yes. All right. All right. Okay. So Mark, though, was this, and this is going to be an interesting one, mm. hope, warning, or experiment? I'm putting this into warning, uh, which is a story of a cautionary tale. And the main reason for that, I feel, is that... You know, we have this event happen that is outside of humans having any sort of control. So we have this global, you know, catastrophe, electronic event, whatever it is. It's not really explained at all, is it? And I feel like then the film is a warning because it's kind of like, well, we can't do anything about that. But that, but then the warning is actually then how humanity responds to that. So when you think about our other ones of hope or experiment, quite often like hope, there's something that is hopeful out of it. To me, this film didn't really have a theme of hope. 
Like, because, re- re- we're, and we're getting right into the crux of this film in a minute, but realistically, the key character, Jill, defends her children, but everyone else kind of just goes psychotic. You know? It does, <laughs> so, except... So, I, like, was- I, I don't feel like there's any real hope here. And then, and then in terms of um, experiment, again, well, it could be an experiment, I guess, but then I suppose the experiment... I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's more of a warning to me because it's just like, well, humans are going to end up acting in this psychotic way if they're pushed to this extreme. Okay, well, well, hear me out here on hope. Okay, okay, and the reason this was hope is I'm going to call it a give dark me some hope. hope. <laughs> this this whole film is uh, a metaphor for looking inward, metaphorically dying mm-hmm. and being reborn. Oh, okay. They use religious imagery here on this and oh, so you know okay. I don't like it. Mm, go uh, for it. It's also a, a common theme carried through many spiritual traditions, not just Christianity, for example, mm-hmm. but the idea of death being not an end but okay. a rebirth. It's a chance. It's a it's a metaphorical um, process of shedding the past mm. and enjoying the future. Okay. And it's, it again, this, this film, I feel it really points out this idea that when we're made to be forced awake, we can't literally sleep. Mm. We realize how we were never actually awake. The pastor in the okay. church yeah, says, yeah. today we have to be woke to survive. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of poking a bit of fun at the woke culture or notion. But it's also pointing out the fact that these these people aren't really haven't really been awake. Yeah, they're being closed minded. Like they think yeah. that they've been, a, you know, they think they have been sleeping and being awake, but really now they're awake, awake, and they <laughs> still haven't learned. Yeah, okay. it's not, and All right. and it's through the death, getting deep. Sorry, getting it's deep through that death and transformation. Mm. Um, the the character Dodge he talks about destroying books. Because it's it's the problem is that you get taught all these wrong things, mm, and then yeah. you continue all those wrong things because they're in a book. Yeah, which you know I disagree with them. Of course, <laughs> one plus one is still going to equal to two, whether you put in a book or not. It's don't burn the books. I do totally get what he's, where he's coming from here. Yeah, I do too. You you entrench uh, a way of being within society. You, mm. you create a culture. Yeah, yeah. And the only way you know he said you can get you can change all that in one generation. If you destroy, you know, if you got rid of all the, the knowledge that we already have, yeah, clean slate. And so, what is we're talking <laughs> about there? He is talking about the death rebirth cycle. Yeah, and you've got these other things like uh, the use of ayahuasca and um, peyote, yeah, and uh, you know, various Get other similar hallucinogenics or, or um, spiritual awakening drugs and ceremonies, which are effectively this death. Yeah. And in that, I see hope here, which is to say that, yeah, a lot of people went cuckoo bananas. Mm. But the people we were following that were representing us in this film, yeah, they did die and were reborn and were able to appreciate. They really woke up. Yes. They had been asleep all this whole time. The time that they thought they were awake and couldn't sleep, they were actually asleep. Yeah, After that- dying, they woke up. I suppose now that you've just said it that way, I don't. I still don't necessarily agree with Hope, but I, I, our main characters, they all wanted to live on their own journey. Like they all wanted to create their own path. Yeah. Whereas like all those people in the church, they wanted to sacrifice the girl 
Yes. They wanted to sacrifice someone else for themselves. Yes, they wanted, Very selfishly. They wanted some external... They wanted, yeah, whereas our main characters, Jill and her son and her daughter, um, and, and even then the scientists were the same. They wanted to sacrifice, you know, the other woman and find out what they could from her to save themselves. Yes. Whereas Jill and that actually wanted to just... They wanted to find a cure. Like, they wanted to actually... Well, Jill wanted to get, sacrifice herself. She wanted to sacrifice herself to save her children. Yeah. Which is indeed, which is that nice shadow or, or echo of the pastor saying, you know, when someone says we should sacrifice a Jesus, yeah. you know, we sacrifice Jesus. And he said, no, 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 Jesus, sacri- you know, God sacrificed himself yeah. to save his children. Yeah, yeah. And I even made the note here of mum trying to sacrifice herself yeah. for her children Yeah, as, as this, you know, mother God figure. Mm. Anyway, that's... Okay, well, there we'll, you go. We'll, we'll get more into that. We're, we're disagreeing for once, sorry. But There's a bit I, of a disagreeing there. I certainly do see it's hard to pull hope out of the film. Yeah, I found but, it hard. I found it hard. I do like this analogy you're, you're saying, and that now that you've just said it your way, I, I, I think it is an interesting metaphor, those sort of paths that is it. I mean, you're, and you're calling it dark hope. Dark hope, because it is. It's, it's sort <laughs> it's of like hope punk. What we're talking about, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of a, gr- a grim of... <laughs> hope. You know, it's, it's it's not the sort of hope. Mm, yeah. Because ultimately, you look at the extension of just you know this one woman and her two kids are the only ones that we know of mm. who have survived. You got to yeah. imagine that there's there's so many people in the world. There would have been so many circumstances. How many people would have been in that same situation? Like all those car accidents and things. Yeah, How many yeah. other people would have had to have been resuscitated well, afterwards after yeah. one of those accidents? So and there would be isolated people yeah. about the place. Again, it's the zombie apocalypse. There's always yeah. like, even if it's only 1% of the population, that's still quite a lot of percent, right? Yeah. Like, and, and in that chaos of everyone's car shutting off, yeah, there would have been a lot of car accidents and... They they implied it a little bit at the hospital, you know, either someone came in and I think they had their arm arm sawn in no, half or something or snapped through. Yeah, or so like, but or, you could imagine like you know, imagine if you were drilling something at that moment in time or you operating really heavy machinery and and the power went off, you know, like there would be quite a good chance that there were a lot of people were injured at moments in time, right? So yeah, yeah or died. But then the but to that, which I also brings me back to why I don't think hope, is that not everyone could be resuscitated. No, you know, you no, couldn't it's... just drown everyone because there is an age thing with resuscitation. There's also just a life force, you know, thing. It just doesn't work on every single Some, person. Yeah, sometimes you know, you can't control it. Well, no, no. <laughs> I know in movies that the flatline, flatliners, which we might have to look at at some point. Um, you know, that idea of just jolting people back multiple times, or there's a point that that doesn't actually work yeah, medically, you know, but anyway. If, yeah, you never know that first time. You yeah. can't control it no. well enough. No. Like, if you do it to someone and you manage to get it, you might be able to find the parameters well enough to, to do it a couple of times. Yeah. But there's still a wear and tear factor. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. there's also, We're a you body. might be measuring the wrong parameters. You might think... Body temperature, this heart rate of this, yeah. this amount of this drug, this amount of this electric current. Mm. Oh, turns out they weren't it at all. No. The fact that they had drunk a cup of coffee just before yes, is, right. is the thing that mm. let you do it last time. Um, yeah, this time exactly. they were a bit sleepier. That's right. Um, so you're saying a bit of dark hope. What was your first impression watching Awake? Were you awake? My first impression um, was, yeah, it, it was very interesting this mystery, it came in quite quickly. So I think it came in about the six-minute mark mm. where they had the car accident. Yeah. Which straight up, you could tell something funny had happened because the, the sky glowed. Mm. I think 
um, the the psychiatrist later on mentioned that they think it was probably a solar flare. Yeah. Uh, again, it was, it was never anyone totally saying explained, yeah. it was a solar flare, but yeah. you know, it was probably. So something happened about the six-minute mark, and this mystery straight up was like, you know, what's going on? How how is this? If I know it's called awake, so I know they're yeah. going to be awake. But how does this evolve from mm. here? Yeah, yeah. And I was I was I was hooked right up the the front as an mm. um, interesting character at the start. Yeah. And I was watching it here in my studio while the kids were trying to be going to sleep and mm-hmm. the kids were mucking about. So I stopped the movie partway through, went into their room thinking, yeah, okay, I'll just ask them nicely to be doing whatever. And they had made an absolute mess of the room and this doona was bundled up in the corner and I, I, I couldn't handle it. Suddenly I realized actually I was really tired. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. I couldn't think straight. I didn't, yeah. I picked up this doona and wanted to straighten it out and I couldn't figure out. And I was like, I just didn't have the energy or the mental Capacity, yeah, to keep going. This is not a person who's I've not been awake for 24 hours, no. or three days, <laughs> or how long they're going in this film up to or yeah. a week or so. Uh, and so yeah, when I sorted them out, got them into bed, and came back and sat down, I had this new appreciation. Went, oh, okay, mm. yeah, it's true. When you start getting low on sleep, you just you freaking can't deal with things, no, no, you know, it, the, the bigger thing as the Guy says, "Was his name Bill in the Brian? I think his name is Brian in the, the scientist guy in the, yeah. in the church." And he says, "You know, in fact, the more worked up you get, the more yeah. swelling you get in the brain, and the harder it is, you know, to, to do think anything. clearly." Yeah. So you got to keep calm. And I realized yeah. that's exactly it. It's like yep. I went in, and the kids kind of got me a bit worked up because they were meant to be going to bed and they weren't yep. uh, well rested. This wouldn't have phased me much. Mm. I would have sort of taken a deep breath and went, "Oh, okay." And started listing out all the things I had to do. Yes. I hate it when I do that. Because <laughs> I just sit there and just list. First, you have to both do this. You know, we don't do this. Then you got to do this. Then you got to do this. He's okay, okay. Well, do it. Start doing it. I'm going to keep going mm. until you're doing it. <sighs> it's, it's a weird thing, sleep deprivation, isn't it? Because you can kind of like, you can physically function on so many levels, but then you also can't. Mm. And I will say, to me, it was something that I thought was quite nice in this film was as it progressed, Jill in particular, our main character, like she, you could really see her digressing. And I, I really liked that, you know? And, and um, I mean, I do wonder how much you could explore that in a, in a film or in a story as well. And I, I think it was nice that they, they made it that. And, you know, when she finally makes it to the hub, you know, in other films, we have a main character like break into a science lab yeah. and they, have, they put on the doctor code and they pretend to be a doctor and it's all... Yes. In this film, it was really... I thought that was kind of cool that she kind of walked up and she put the doctor's code on and then someone's like, hey, that's my chart. And yeah. it's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, and, and and you can just see like, because the other guy's really tired too. So he's just kind of going, yeah, give it back to me and I'm going to move on. Like, yeah. whereas if, of course, if it wasn't about being tired, they would be like, oh, show me your ID or who are you? Hey, or what, what was your qualifications? What here, yeah, what are you doing here? And I really liked that, you know, and there was a few moments as the days went on that her, she was digressing and her functioning of it was digressing. And that yeah. was kind of cool, eh? Yeah, I didn't. How did they make you feel though when you're you're watching through like there's some high points or low points? Yeah, well, I think you know you and I have talked about having children, and it made me remember having babies and lack of sleep and that sort of functioning, and and you are in a survival mode. And I think I think you know maybe some people could watch this and not quite 
um, can connect to that or think it get, maybe gets a bit too far-fetched. But to me, I really liked that digression oh, of, of her and also the fact that, you know... It was well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Like really quickly, how quickly society in this film became so violent. <laughs> like that first night, she rode off to the uni, and there's like people screaming on the street. And she, when she got to uni, everyone at uni's having a party. And then it was like the next day. Um, then with her and her son, they like walking down the alley when they found the dead policeman. And you know, then like you're like, no, this is serious. Like. It wouldn't take long for people to suddenly start to break down, right? Like, well, and that was even before the church scene where we had, you know, like the the policeman going, "No, we should," you know, like, and even when that woman in the church says, "We should sacrifice her," like, no one would really, they wouldn't say that normally. No, that's crazy. But after two days of no sleep, suddenly that seemed like a rational idea. And, you know, that's what the scientist guy was saying. Like, we we lose our critical thinking and we suddenly become very irrational. And it was. It was really interesting. I could imagine writing this story, like you could really push that in different elements. Well, and I think they did have, that quite nicely. Have you found, like particularly say with kids, if yourself and your partner are both well-rested, it, you, you have really good days. Like, yes, there's, that's there's right. no problems. Yep. If one of you is just really tired, yeah. then you know you, you compensate for them. And, and you, yeah, that's you, true. You're extra quick to get the kids quiet and moving. Yeah. Because you know it's hard. Yeah, and you might take and them out. And, what are the days yeah. like where you're both fucking tired? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, both, you're both like at the end of sleep. You've had two hours of sleep for the past yeah. three nights. It's hard, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. The phone rings and you're both kind of looking at each other and going, yeah. shut that fucking thing yeah, up. I know, that's right. What yeah. the hell? Uh, yeah. yeah. And you're trying to make decisions, mm. you know, and then your, your kid's got a temperature or, you, or you, you, the kid's complaining, so you take the temperature and you go, hang on, hang on, 36.8. Is it six? Is that good or is that, yeah, is that hot? Bad? Hang on, hang on. Kids have a slightly different temperature. Are they a bit hotter or a bit? Yeah. And you, you can't. And, mm. and so you end up calling Health Direct. And the health person, so have you taken it? And they're really good. They've obviously dealt with time. Oh, yeah, yeah so that's right. Have you taken the temperature? Yes. What did it say? 36.6. That's good. That's yeah, okay. That's fine. that's fine. Yeah. If it goes to three point, you know, 36.9, get, you know, get back on touch with us. Yeah. You know, like, okay. Three six six good yes fine done hang mm. up but I, you okay, know kid you're going to sleep and I remember that you go you do things like you know it's like I've got, just got to get to the train station so I just I'll take it easy in the car I'll get to the train station get the train station, get on the train I get just get on the train yeah get on the train to go to work just sit on the train just sit 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 you can close your eyes oh you I just, slept past my station you know like yeah but but you know what I mean like you're not even you're not thinking about anything else apart from like I just need to get on the train and then I just need to get oh, off no, the train and, and then I need to like and I've tried walk to do twenty writing. steps. That's all I need to do. <laughs> my, my morning train ride is where yeah. I do my riding, and I, I get my computer open and I just stare at, stared at it for a while. And <laughs> the, the times where I'm too tired but I'm awake enough, mm. I just close it down again and just put on some music. Yeah, and I don't even bother trying to listen to audio books or anything. I just put mm. on some music and sit there. And I, I slept through like. And for anyone who doesn't know, the it's a 45, 50-minute train ride yep. into the city. And I slept right through. So I must have got a good 45 minutes sleep <laughs> like on this train. Best sleep. Best sleep and for I woke up, I woke up Leaderville, so on the other side of Perth. Yeah. And well, I looked up and went, oh, what station is it? I don't recognize this at all. <laughs> and like, I saw Leaderville and they went, oh, is that? 
jumped off the train, had to catch the p- platform back. I felt a lot better for having had a good. Yeah, yeah, sleep you'd had that forty-five the, minutes. Train, sleep. But, but yeah, it's you're not you're not in any good position. And what was? Did you have a favourite scene in the film? Sorry. Yeah, I did. Um, I really, I really liked the church scene. Mm. That that devolved nicely, and it did it upset some of my ideas of yep. what was going on there. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, the church scene is the the little girl is down in the basement, supposedly sleeping, and it's yep. a bit of a weird thing. But the pastor then, and it's easy to sort of frame the pastors and, 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 you know, people of religious authority as bad guys. Like, it just is because I guess, I suppose when you're talking about spirituality, you're talking about heaven and hell and sin and forgiveness and so forth, mm-hmm. there's a lot of power in that. So it's mm-hmm. very easy to make these powerful figures bad. And I was expecting him to be bad, but he was really good. Yeah, he was. Like he was really reasonable and really trying to to present a, a rational religious view or spiritual mm. view on this and the confrontation then with brian i think his name was a scientist yeah who then explained this thing and the people started to sort of listen to that mm. but you could tell they kind of didn't want to no well they wanted it, the girl right like they appealing, wanted yeah it wasn't appealing to their base instincts it was appealing to their rationality which they didn't have yeah. any of no they were losing that but then the pastor was able to you know no let's sit down come yeah. on, we're still talking about this this is cool you know god works mysteriously mm-hmm. and he, he's you know miracles spread and and that sort of talk which to me is sort of like what nonsense are you peddling here mm-hmm. exactly i mean I'm, I'm willing to take you a certain philosophical direction and, and go with you on that but there's a point where you're just going to go well, okay that's just nonsense that's right and so I really like that tension where, in fact, yeah, the, the the reverend, the pastor, he was actually the, you know, a good guy yeah. out of that. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was trying his hardest mm-hmm. to work through his problems. Yeah. Um, and then it was actually, of course, the other authority figure, the police officer, mm. who then started shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> because let's, and, and, you know, hand on heart, if I'd been awake for, However long, and and they said that the symptoms seem to be progressing faster. Yes, they so did. So they've been awake yeah. for about a bit over twenty four hours, but it and, was speeding and up. It was, it was speeding up, and you know, if I was pissed off, I know that there'd be certain times where I'd had a weapon, I'd lash out with it. Yeah, not because Don't I consciously or rationally wanted to, <laughs> but it's just you know that thing you know, like when you're a, you see a little kid with a stick, you know they're not intending to hurt anyone mm. but they're thrashing that stick around and then <laughs> someone annoys them they hit with the stick that's right because that's what they're holding that's right and that's what happened so yeah it was a great saying that one I did I loved I loved how that woman sort of said let's sacrifice the girl yeah, sacrifice <laughs> like, like it was so it was so sort of out of left field but very appropriate for how everything was getting heated but you sat, it did it was a really great way of raising the stakes suddenly you know and mm. you're right like the past uh the, quite often, yeah, the pastors aren't necessarily... Sometimes the pastors in stories are more about ramping people up, but he was actually trying to calm people. I'm thinking, mm. yeah, I'm kind of on your team. Like, calm them down. Yeah, calm seemed, your people. He's like he's a really tra- nice guy. He, yeah, he like, seemed to be really trying to say, no, like, you need, we don't need to do this. If he had lots of good sleep, yeah. he's probably like a really good pastor. He probably yeah. is, He'd probably yeah. give good advice. He'd probably be very supportive. 
just you know rob him of sleep and make him crazy and yeah his best just isn't good enough I'm afraid. <laughs> that's right and it was that then that L- simpson lynch mob thing yes. you know like ah, let's rip her lip from there <laughs> well, yeah, could you imagine if like, as i said you know when you and your partner are both tired but could you imagine if all of society was like right. that i know yeah you know. you'd go to the everyone's on edge they're not trying to walk through the supermarket and, you know, when I'm really tired and there are people, like, standing right in front of where I want yeah, to get... Yeah, you kind of like, want to kick them in the face, don't like, you? <laughs> I just want to grab that thing. I know exactly yeah. what I'm doing. I'm not browsing. Move, to get people. out of... Oh, but if everyone was like that, yeah, there right. would just be mad, you know, riot. And, that, and that's what I meant before, like, like chaos ensued very quickly. Why is this film a science fiction, sorry? It's a science fiction because central to its premise is the scientific notion... And, and progression of lack of sleep. Mm. Now, they didn't really bother telling us how the sleep got stopped. Yeah. But it was... Just, and and that's, that's one of these things with science fiction. It's usually... You, you're jumping off point. Yeah. You go, yeah. okay, this is the underlying assumption. Yeah. What, what is the logical scientific progression of that? Yeah. As opposed to a fantasy, which is like, here is um, a world which is just different from ours. Yeah. And here is how it progresses under the rules of that mm-hmm. weird world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas in the science fiction one, uh, I think it's easier to, better to look at saying, here's here's a starting point, and here is now a a rational series of yeah. processes, well, that, which is more in step with what we understand yeah. to be rational within our worldview. Well, literally, that Brian scientist guy sort of said, "Oh, you know." I, what do you say? Something like forty-eight hours, you're going to lose lose a lot of critical thinking, you know, and yeah. then but then seventy-two hours, you you really start seeing other things, you start seeing hallucinations, and then and then maybe at ninety-two hours, you, you you're going to pretty much be on the floor, kind of rolling around, and then but then what about after about a week? You're you're probably going to starve to death, like your body won't even no, your brain won't even be able to function to eat anymore, mm. and so you're just going to be lying there. And and really, we don't know then what would happen. Like hypothetically, as scientists, we can think think this is what's going to happen. Your brain's going to slowly shut down, but we don't really know what that would look no. like on a mass uh, scale of society. Because yeah, you and I, as parents of babies, can have no sleep, and we society keeps functioning normally because not everyone in society has the Other baby people at once. Pick up the slack. Yeah, yeah. You know, as but I said, what your happens partner if what's... doesn't get the sleep? Yeah. So you're the one who jumps up and does yeah, things quicker yeah, because you know, yeah, you know that's it's right. not going to work otherwise. Yes, yeah, and not everyone is hopefully driving around such a lack of sleep. So yes. generally, it's pretty safe, you know. And so, uh, but yeah, that, that's a that's a funny thing, isn't it? That so they've taken a science angle and just run with it. And and again, this is one of those things. If you tried to take that being awake out of it, mm. well, you wouldn't have this story. No, the story wouldn't exist no. without the crazy. That's right. Like that's what it is. So that's the other part of it being science fiction and not just, you know, cops and robbers in space, as we say. <laughs> you right. know, because like, there are plenty of shows yeah. or movies that are just basically a, an ordinary story set in an extraordinary moment. Yeah. And just on that, I think that's what makes this film a little bit of a hidden gem because, you know, it it is like the zombie end of the film, end of the world apocalypse scenario, but I haven't seen this scenario before. No. You know, I've seen other films where, you know, we flatline people and and I've seen other films where maybe there's, yeah, that, that alien invasion and everyone's dead apart from 1% of the population, the zombie sort of story. We've seen multitude versions of that, but I haven't actually seen this hypothetical situation. Like, what if humans could just not sleep? 
Like what would happen? And we see this breakdown of society very quickly. So to me, it's a very little sneaky gem, this film. And online, you can go online, like people, it's not getting the best ratings straight away. I mean, I don't think enough people have probably seen it yet to really pass that judgment, but I think it's a little bit of a hidden gem. So it's well worth going to look at this because it's giving us a different world, really, like a different scenario. It is, and and I think that it was well delivered. Mm. What is... Are you up to anything science fiction related or creatively yourself? Um, I was involved in that photo shoot we did. That was yes. pretty cool. <laughs> we did do uh, a Space Rains photo shoot. We got modelling. And, and just before we started recording this, we did a bit of a dry run-through of a new short format Space Rains type show mm-hmm. that we're, we're playing around with the notion of having a multimedia sort of situation. Yeah. Or maybe a better multi-channel yeah. is the way you term it. So I think that's more millennial. Sorry. A, sh- a short version <laughs> of I'm looking at short films Yeah, uh, presented as both audio and video in mm. different channels. Nice. So yeah, we, we did a bit of a read through that and that's, yeah. that seems like that will probably work. It needs mm-hmm. The script needs a little bit of cleaning up. Mark needs to actually watch the film. I was putting words in his mouth. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that, yeah. That, that were good enough words. That were great words. I didn't mind talking your words through me mouth, me mouth no. space. <laughs> God, the names were okay. Yeah. You know, like, they all worked See, out. See, I need words sometimes, otherwise I and, say mouth space. And how about you, dude? Uh, well, editing, Harold, the plumber short film, uh, which has a little bit of sci-fi magic in it. Um, but yeah, so it, it, deep in the throes of editing that, it's slower because of those little babies that we talked about earlier as well. It's just been a bit slow. Um, and also organising things with space brains. It does feel that the film festival's starting to kind of snowball a little bit. So oh, if, yeah, We've got a radio interview next week. We do. We've been lined up with a radio interview. I do think as well there'll be some information about space brains in the press. I did a whole bunch of sort of press releases and... Uh, reaching out to a whole bunch of West Australian media and there's still a, a few other sort of film media I'd like to reach out to. Um, so, yeah, just kind of stay tuned. If you are following us, I think there'll be some, you know, larger spread of the Space Brains Film feel free, Festival. Feel free to share the news as well yeah, because that's right. we want films submitted. We mm-hmm. are a bit greedy and selfish that we want to see the best that people have to offer. Yes. And the worst as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where creativity and innovation comes from. Yes. And, um, yeah, and also just writing as well. Just They're the two things that I'm up to, writing, writing, writing. And I did like, again, this film being a different scenario. So it's kind of, again, you do watch things like this and you think, oh, yeah, okay, it's a different angle, you know. I like that. What about the film festival? Sorry, when's that happening? May 21, 2022. It's a Saturday. It's at the... Manager Performing Arts Centre, where we did our photo shoot. So jump onto our various social medias and so forth and see some of the pictures. The beautiful theatre at the Manager Performing Arts Centre. Uh, little space brain totem mascot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good. I'll be updating the website. So I guess by the time you're hearing this, the uh, website will have been updated. So have mm. a look at that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think if you're out there and you want to make a sci-fi, go for it. We are getting a few questions about what is sci-fi. And for us, it's all about that speculative science. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, you just joked, sorry, about being a Western in space. Well, it could be a Western in space if it's got an element of science in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, could 
could you very much imagine uh, a, a cowboys and robbers in space? Yep. But uh, it's possible for people to uh, hack someone else's body. Yeah, that's right. And so, so the murderer was actually, you know, not the one who committed the crime. Yeah, that's, that's exactly an interesting crime to to do, and it has that element of science fiction which you wouldn't be able to replicate that story without yeah. that little little bit. That's right. So as long as it's got an element of science, it could be superhero, it could be aliens, it could be, you know, uh, time travel, it could be, you know, an alternative universe idea. But as long as there's some element of science, I, you know, we think it fits into the sci-fi realm, you know? I think so. But, you know, your idea could be a, a romance, you know, a melodramatic romance, a bit like Metropolis has that m- melodrama in it, but... There's a whole futuristic world <laughs> being played out, right? Like, so, yeah, it becomes a sci-fi. So I think that that rolls in. So let's get stuck into the plot and some of the details of Awake, sorry. Certainly it is. So Awake 2021 on Netflix, directed by Mark Raso or Rasso? Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. Mark, get in touch. Get in touch. Written by Mark and Joseph Rasso. Uh, I think they're no relation. I think it's just coincidental. <laughs> I mean, I come across 20 Rassos every day. Do you? Wow. No, it stars <laughs> Gina Rodriguez. Who, look, let's just... I just want to say that I didn't know who she was. Did you know who she was? Uh, I, this is one of those ones where I, I like recognise her and I'm going, where have I seen her before? I've seen her in... And then I left it hanging, not sure where I saw her. In. So apparently it's a TV show, hugely successful, called Jane the Virgin. It hasn't been in my kind no, of realm, not where I've seen but it, um, that's that's her huge claim to fame. I mean, she's been in all sorts of movies and stuff, as well as maybe minor characters, uh, as far as I can gather on IMDb. But her big thing is she's the key character from that. I mean, she's got four million followers on Instagram and Facebook and all these kind of places. Way to go, Jane! Um, and yeah, she just seems to be a superstar. So good honor. Well, but we'll, I, we'll get her on and, and ask her some questions about yeah, this. Yeah, hopefully. And, but I think she delivered really well as Jill, the mum. She was really tough. She had an edge to her. She was an interesting look as well as the character. You know, she's not that traditional, you know, white American middle-aged mum, you know. No. So definitely had a diversity to her in a, in a really cool way, I thought. Ariana Greenblatt as Matilda. Do you recognise her? Yeah, from uh, Love and Monsters, yes, right? Yes, we saw her yeah. just not long ago. Yeah. Although she was a bit grubbier in that one. She was. <laughs> um, yeah, Frances Fisher as Doris, uh, Shamia Anderson as Dodge, uh, Finn Jones as Brian, Lucius Hoyas as Noah, the son, uh, Gil Bellows as Dr. Katz, Barry pepper as the pastor the pastor you're just saying oh yeah and i do recognize him from a whole bunch of stuff right um and jennifer jason lee good old 19 going back to the 1980s there sorry yeah fast uh, she, times at ridgemont high that's right she's um still at it in the acting game and she plays kind of an interesting character here as dr murphy Seba- sebastian piggott as clarence um, sort of takes out our key cast this was filmed uh, completely in canada uh, Toronto, I believe, and it is a Netflix film. So it's been supported by Netflix, funded by Netflix, and doesn't go to the cinema, it goes straight onto Netflix. There are two films on Netflix called Awake. There we go. At present. And we're looking at... The 2021 2021 version. one. There's uh, no relationship to one another. It's no. purely coincidence. 
Although I think it's a bit unfortunate Netflix has both of them on. So when I did a search for Awake to watch it, uh, I had to check to see which one we're talking about. You watch the other one and it's all about literally awakening to new spiritual realms. You're like, why did Mark pick this? What's going on? That's a bit strange. It's not even sci-fi. So, yeah, let's get stuck into how this film rolls. So, look, the opening image is an interesting one of this. It's sort of this weird white circular light that kind of pops out. Um, and then we have actually, it's a reflection in the puddle and she puts her footprint into it hey, and keeps walking. You've talked about this before. What is water symbolic of? Yeah. Well, transition, transition uh, yeah. In between death. lives, death yeah, I'm can t- be the afterlife. I'm telling um, you that my, they, they, they definitely playing on that in this movie. They could have hammed it up a little bit more. At the end, she is drowned as well. Yeah. So yeah. at the start, she put, walks in a puddle, and then at the end, she's drowned to be rebirthed. So yeah, and, you make and a her, good point. her recovery of that, of course, the camera's upside down, like upside the down, reflection yeah. of her in mm. the water. Yes, uh, it's just like you've opened my eyes to the whole water. Yeah, and like I mean, the, we'll come to it in a minute. But you know, the car accident—they go in the water, don't they? Oh, so yeah, and they, yeah they multiple sink multiple in the things. water and they rise up. They to right, be she rises born up, born into this new world. Mm, yep. So that's the. I thought it was a really interesting opening image, actually. So the setup: we've got Jill Adams. I like this setup. So she's kind of a she's a bit of an oddball. She's like a middle-aged security guard at a university campus or a college, um, but she's bribing the other security guard to get access to their disused drugs or their expired drugs or whatever, I, and I then she's confused. on selling them. I was confused about it because she picks up an old cup out of the bin. Yeah. But it was because she was hiding the money from the cameras, I think. Oh, I, d- I didn't catch that. Yeah. Did I turn away, look away at the wrong You thing? might have. It's kind of really quick, I think. So I think that was the idea is that she wasn't giving him the coffee uh, cup. Cause, she yeah, was giving it, him like 20 bucks or whatever. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, she put the cup down. I thought, oh, is that like to make him like let her in? And mm. then like, yeah, he's going to go, oh, fuck. She's give me an empty cup. Oh, yeah. What a funny practical yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she I had like she okay. had some cash inside yeah, of it. Yeah, okay. I must have looked away or done something funny. Yeah. Anyway, and she's kind of mysteriously hiding in this building, but yeah, she's getting the drugs and she's on selling them. Um, in that next scene, uh, she is so she's a security guard, but I think she, it's obvious in that opening scene that she's not supposed to be in that space. No, no, because um, initially she's security guard, and my little note says, "Yeah, she's walking. She's a guard." Oh, no, she's breaking in. Yeah, yeah. Because she's, yeah, she goes a bit dodgy and then sneaks in and you mm. go, ah, oh, she's nicking the, 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 the drugs. So, yeah, yeah. And then when she goes to sell the drugs, the drug dealer's, of course, dodgy and he counts the pills. He's saying there's not enough. And then she counts her money and there's not enough. So, he says, count again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there's kind of a bit of, you know, she's being undercut. Um, she rocks up at her mother-in-law's house where we learn that to pick up her kids, Noah and Matilda, but she's under some really strict rules with the mother-in-law. Yeah, and, and so, I think this, though, was the save the cat. Yeah. Because, first of all, we're showing she's a bit dodgy. She's yep. bribing people. She's nicking drugs, selling it for cash. Yeah. But when she gets out, little Matilda, mummy, and she's so pleased to see her and yeah. clearly loving of her children. Yep. Which you can't, you, you have to go, oh, she must be getting the money for her children. Like this, mm-hmm. there's no way that she's getting that money for something illegal because yeah. she could have just kept the drugs. That's right. It was kind of implied that she had problems with drugs. But, yeah, she was doing it for the money. But the she was money it, was for the at kids. At this point, for yeah. the money. Yeah. 
Maybe one of the conditions she had to be able to have money before and a reliable job before she get the kids back. Yeah, that's right, which is pretty we, common. We don't, we don't go into that. We just no. know that her kids are kind of being kept off her. Yes. And, um, yeah, the father... Sorry, she's a former US Army sort of medic, um, and obviously that hasn't kind of worked out. It's not necessarily the best thing. Um, maybe she's left under sort of certain circumstances and yeah she is also a recovering addict so with the mother-in-law that kind of you know you're talking about setting up uh the characters the character the key character you're right like it's like oh she's a bit dodgy she's a drug dealer um but then it's like oh mate she's probably doing it for the kids yeah yeah and also even the save the cat we then when she takes her kids and they get in the car and they're driving like no other teenage boy He's very distant from her. He's quite aggressive. She's trying to be a nice mum. You yeah. know, she's like trying to show... It's not it's just like gets in the car, turns on the stereo, ah, oh, bloody kids. She's like trying to make an effort and he's not. So, again, saving the cat, she's... Yeah, she's trying to be a good mum in their circumstances. Yeah. And they're driving along, mind their own business. And this mm. is a, a... This scene is kind of a... a I want to say it's common... It's commonly used, the sudden yeah. car accident. Yeah. And there's actually uh, that movie... Did you watch Shazam? No, I haven't okay, seen so that. Shazam's no. not all science fiction in the slightest. Yeah. But they play on this sudden car accident where they're driving along, the driver in Shazam is distracted, and you see an oncoming truck. Mm. And the car... Oh, and you... Like, just avoids the truck, and then you go, okay, now they're going to lose control because yeah. they dodged the... Fr- no. They, they got around it fine, and then, you know, you just go, oh... And then they get T-boned from a T-intersection, <laughs> which is exactly what happens here. Yeah. You sort of, they're talking and uh, Matilda's like, yeah, stop your fight. And, uh, or, and she looks out the window and sees the sky go orange. Yeah. And then they just get hit out of nowhere by a car and they're flipped into the pond. Yes. And the water starts pouring in and Noah's like freaking the fuck out. Yep. Uh, he hasn't watched Mythbusters, obviously, because the correct way of doing it is to stay calm uh, and either <laughs> easier said than done. I wait think. for the car to fill and then open the door, or open the door early and get out. Yeah, uh, they they got out, and it was it was a bit of a concern. Um, was Noah going to die? And, and at this point in the film, it's entirely possible that one or both of the kids could have died. Yeah, probably one yeah. of them in yeah. order to spur on some sort of inciting incident you know mm, mm. and as it turns out they get up out of the water and there's Noah and you think oh okay Noah's fine but where's Matilda mm. she's up on the um, bank as it turns out like because I thought oh why did Matilda have to die but she's yeah. up there she gets resuscitated by some cops I just want to before we go any further the camera in that whole sequence is a really nice way of showing that but in this film so I mean there's all sorts of ways that you could set up the camera but the camera is kind of in the back seat of the car and we've gone from a nice kind of close-up. Exactly, again, this film doesn't spell out the solar flare or whatever and, you know, there's arguing going on and, and the Matilda's looking out the window and her face lights up. But the, So the camera goes from that and there's just one continuous shot, like when they get T-boned, mm. they go into the water. So we are, as an audience, in the car and I, and I know that's been done before, but I thought they did it really nice this way because then as the car is sort of slowly filling up, the thing is we don't really see Matilda. So there's, you know, it's all Noah and the mum and the seatbelt and they're trying to, as the car's filling up and the car, the cameras are disoriented. They do that a couple of times in this film, actually. It happens again later. Yeah. And so 
obviously the filmmakers decided to to sort of do that a little bit and play off that and it the whole point is to bring us into that action you know that point of view action like we're in the back seat so the car starts filling up with water and we're panicking a bit because we're stuck in there too you know um so i really liked that i thought that was really and also then when it when Jill frees Noah and you sort of see him get out, she kind of gets sucked down a bit with the car. Then she comes out and it goes to that aerial shot of her emerging, like you said, yeah. birthing out of the water. But there's no Matilda and there's no Noah. So again, it's like a bit of suspense for a moment. Yeah. And then Noah pops up and then it's like, oh, but where's Matilda? Oh, and then the cut is, oh, the police have got her and they're trying to resuscitate her. So I just really liked that. I thought that was a really cool kind of sequence with the camera. Yeah, so they they have to go to the hospital because, uh, yeah, well, Matilda has just been resuscitated. She was only out for a minute, yeah, uh, which is interesting because that is uh, a phrase that gets used later. Mm. Um, but uh, she's out for a minute, and Jill has got a cut on her head, yeah. And so they say you better go to uh, you know, get that some stitches, yes. And so they're wandering along because they're noticing all the cars are all stopped, yeah. many of them crashed, and. You got to think of how bad are all these drivers that they just hmm. crashed. But I don't know. Maybe it was a bright flash in the sky, it was distracted. Yeah. Um, yeah, people might have that sneeze reflex, mm. and everyone sneezed all at once. Could you imagine the whole world sneezing all at once while driving? <laughs> Chaos. That's right. I suppose the thing is, if your car loses power, do you have some cars might not break straight away, or yeah, you might have I don't problems. Know. Yeah, or, or maybe the cruise control goes a bit haywire. Maybe yeah, it just shut yeah. off. Maybe revs yeah. and then stops. And that's right. But there was a lot of chaos. So the hospital was in chaos. Um, the city started to look quite chaotic. There was some spot fires, that kind of stuff. Um, they they learned in the hospital, but that the coma patients have all woken up. Yes, they've all woken up. It's like, oh, it's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. But the music tells me it's not a miracle. Sorry, there's some pretty deep, dark, mysterious... A deepening mystery here. (laughs) Uh, They return home um, to their mother-in-law. She kind of gets them to come in and um, it's, you know, heading into night time and so they're all going off to bed. There's a beautiful tracking shot here of Jill uh, lying on the couch or whatever it's just coming slowly down her and you can see she can't sleep. Yeah. And this to me is the inciting incident because we're about right bang on on 12 minutes anyway. But yeah, it's basically saying, well, she can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. In fact, as I, my little notice is at 11 minutes, yeah. she can't sleep. Yeah. Uh, little girl, you know, we pan across to Matilda's having a bit of a snooze. Mm, yeah. Noah, though, he's sort of up. He's a bit um, anxious. He's sort mm. of staring about the place. Uh, and... We do see uh, there's a bit of meditation, mm. and does it help? Well, yeah. I like to think so. And it's yeah, this oh, here's another mention of the minute. You know, you know when you first wake up in the morning, and there's just that one minute, yeah, where everything's okay before all the shit in the world hits yeah. you. So there's again like you know, Matilda was only dead for just a minute, mm-hmm. uh, and then she was meditating, and she and she says in the morning when you first wake up, yeah, you have just a minute, yeah. And then I think there's the pastor who, who telling the story about how he overdosed. Yeah. And he was dead, but just for a minute. Just for a minute, yeah. So it keeps being it's like this just for a minute. That's fair this, enough, is, yeah. this repeating sort of theme, which is nice. And what I really loved was the son was sitting there going, oh, he's looking at the sky and he goes, oh, look at the uh, you know, meteor shower. And I had two thoughts flashing. The first one was like, Oh, that's. I wonder if that's part of the, like this, the flash in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they're doing, like Day of the Triffids or type yep. of thing? Yep, yep, yep. And then I thought, 
No, that's the satellites. Mm. They get all fried and they're yeah. all falling out. And sure enough, Jill rocks up and you can tell she's a smart cookie because she looked up there and went, no, they're satellites. Mm. And, you know, I, I, was, I felt pleased <laughs> that I'd, I'd got that. So, but it was a nice little feature there that, yeah, even, even if the very next night everyone got good sleep, the world would be set back like yeah. so far. It's like all your GPS is gone. Yeah. Global communications are gone. Like, you know, you, you couldn't, the, the global internet would have just, just about be broken mm. without the satellites. Like the, the, the pipes that we have laid, the cables <laughs> we have laid for the internet are supplemented with, you know, satellites. Yeah, and, yeah. and there'd be just our weather tracking, our weather stations would be, you know, almost useless. Mm-hmm. Be a lot of lost things. And not a lot to mention the old uh, ISS people yeah. stuck up there in the space station that would not be good with, uh, with no. no electronics or computers no. or thrusters they'd be slowly they, they being would, pulled back yeah, to they earth would, they, would, they would drop to the ground relatively quickly yeah so yeah we have this debate happening now in the story where you know Jill can't sleep no one can sleep the daughter can sleep um, the mother-in-law asks her for sleeping pills she's like well no I don't actually have them you know, so it's, yeah, mother again, there, it's kind of like, you know, you've oh, got okay. a little something. So maybe, but then what's nice about that is like, oh, so maybe she's not so stuffed up, you know, after all. Yeah. You know, so like maybe yeah. she is actually recovering. So of course there's that, always that doubt on anyone that's recovering from drugs or alcohol or whatever. And the satellites kind of fall into earth is like, well, how bad is this going to be? You know, that's what I was kind of picking up from that. Uh, Jill goes off to work and observes, this is sort of, to me was quite nice as part of this debate that, oh, well, pretty quickly, you know, like she's riding her bike and, you know, there's cars parked everywhere. Uh, there's a couple of spot fires going on. But there's a lot of – it was all about the soundscape here. And I think this was a really clever way. Like we don't see anything really. We see people on the street. She notices people and obviously none of them are sleeping. But you just sort of hear like screeching and then screaming. And then I think someone's like, oh, will someone stop him from doing that? So it's like mm. – Really rapidly, it's not feeling very safe. And then when she gets to the college, all the young people, of course, are partying. And so they're treating it like a big rave or whatever. <laughs> and the drug dealer rocks up to her and he's like, oh, everyone wants zombie pills. Everyone wants to be awake. Everyone, you know, like, you know, sleeping pills, you know, anything, anything, anything to kind of like, you know, knock it out. People will play double. Um, oh, and I shouldn't so, have said that. Yeah, which yeah. Which is good because he's obviously lack of sleep yes. is affecting him now. He's... Not yeah. as sharp or witty as he was yeah. earlier. But, you know, he's happy to pay and, and she's like, yeah, sure. And then with that, so she enters the building to go steal her drugs with the military rock up in cars. And you're like, well, oh, her, hang on. The security guard's not there. She doesn't have to. Yeah, no, she, she doesn't she have to deal with that. She just the key straight yeah. up and she gets the, the big bag of drugs out. She's going to just take everything. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, then they, the, we hear the sound of motors, which is yeah. unusual because we know that uh, someone had said the EMP, like they were debating, was it the... Oh, yeah, EMPs on terrorist everything, attack you know, or whatever. There's a terrorist attack in the hospital. Yeah. Guys, the terrorist attack. Oh, do you think it's the Chinese? Well, like, we've done all this. And you're like, yeah, that's like, without lack of sleep, people start jumping to those conclusions mm. quickly, but most people aren't carrying on. But mm. yeah, it's much quicker here that the people yeah. are jumping in and like, yeah, because the, the Chinese turn everything off like that doesn't really suit their agenda very well. But, you know, let's go with it. Uh, and in works Dr. Murphy, uh, or sorry, in work the soldiers and point guns there and say, what are you doing? And she says, you know, Alpha Whiskey 68 of the 2nd Battalion Platoon. Pineapple blah, blah, Platoon. Blah, pineapple or something. 
rhubarb, rhubarb. It's, it's not important what she says. No. But she clearly says some identifying signal in military talk, which puts the soldiers at ease. They go, oh. Yeah. And then she says, oh. I'm, you speak you know, my language. Yeah, I'm off duty, out of service. But uh, if the reserves have been called up, I haven't heard. Mm. And in walks Dr. Murphy, who sort of walks up, and they clearly know each other. Yep. She looks at Jill and says, oh, that's a lot of drugs. Which, again, is that sort of little dig at her. Mm past yep and they've got an old woman who can sleep and so they're gonna test on her at this place called the hub they're gonna build a hub you know and they're all in a hurry they're gathering the research they're gathering resources and uh, dr murphy actually says oh you know do you want to come to the hub and jill's like no i'm you know i'm gonna look after my kids and stay yeah. And that's when it's a nice moment, isn't it? Because she's kind of like, got, oh, here's the details of the hub. Well, you're not interested. I'll give it to the next guy. Yeah. There you go, Brian. <laughs> Brian. And Brian's like, oh, yay, pick me, pick well, me. Well, it's quite a terrifying moment there because Brian talks, you know, talks to Jill and says, you know, hey, you know, you really should consider this. Mm. We've got like a real chance here. We've, yeah. Something big has happened. You don't understand. Yeah. Everyone has yeah. stopped sleeping. This is a, this is a global phenomenon. Yeah, Everything yeah. has stopped sleeping mm. and we're all going to die if we don't yeah. start sleeping and then jill says no don't be silly my daughter was sleeping yeah because she's at this stage probably still thinking okay she didn't get good sleep but it's probably not uncommon for yeah. her she has yeah. troubles yeah. Like, she works night shift anyway yeah. you know, like so she has has problems and then bryce says no are you sure oh yeah she was in an accident earlier but well nobody is sleeping mm. so i don't know that she was sleeping and of course my stomach sank and i thought oh is this the you know we're talking about catalyst inciting yeah. incidents and you know the 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 chapter you know the act two decision mm. i thought is this what they're going to use to the daughter's actually leverage, dead yeah. yeah dead or coma or something yeah. dreadful yep yep, yep. Uh, and so jill goes ah and runs runs she and- she scurries home and she's like what what's going on where is she and she's not in the bed and then noah infuriating teen that he is again <laughs> lack of sleep as well so yeah. she's like where is she well what is she's calm down mum. she's calm down like, mum. and like you're sitting here as i was sitting there as an audience member going noah <laughs> it's mum, and her daughter could be dead what the yeah. hell yeah no Talk she's just at answer. church you know she's yeah mum. yeah nana took her to church mm. and yeah like oh i roll oh god and uh, yeah church is not where i would choose to go <laughs> not in those moments but the mother-in-law has, and and again, this is the thing: people do weird stuff, don't they? Yeah, well, that's where she and gets comfort. That, you know, that's right. Yeah, seeking out comfort. And we cut then to this pastor you were mentioning before. He's quite a passionate man. He's talking about, uh, you know, the 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 privileges of God and and uh, the sacrifice of God and and you know the way they have to stick together and and you know these are the tests tests of time or something, doesn't he? And then he then he has a moment with Matilda. Um, you know, in the basement, he's kind of talking to her, and yeah, she Relates she's his been, story about being yeah, a drug addict, being a drug addict, and dying, and then coming back, and, and he was um, reborn like Jesus. Not yeah. that I'm comparing myself. To no, Jesus, that's right. And, but it, it was an interesting to bring that thought into my mind that I died like Jesus, and like, oh, well, she died too. Yeah, like but Jesus. I mean, his point, and then it's important because that was what I was saying earlier. Like, his point wasn't so much like, oh you know, let's all go crazy. He was saying, no, Matilda's a good example of hope because she can sleep, maybe the rest of us can sleep, you know, like yeah. just as an example, you know, like Jesus was an example to live a 
morally, ethically good life. Like, you don't have to be Jesus, but you can follow that as an example. And maybe Matilda's so, the same. Well, yeah, okay, well, let's sacrifice yeah. her then. <laughs> let's sacrifice her to the gods. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what God wants. Child <laughs> sacrifice. Okay. One Actually, I've got to say one thing, bad thing that isn't in the Bible is I don't think any child is genuinely sacrificed in the Bible. Mm. There were some that have been commanded to sacrifice and they were going to do it. Like, well, you got to ask yourself, like, really, do you really want to follow a God that commands you to sacrifice <laughs> your own child? Like, but he, he, you know, I think there's like, is he Saul? What is going to like yeah. kill his baby? And then God says, no, 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 man, just kidding. Just, just testing you. Just, just making testing you. Making sure you, you know, would do it. I'm omniscient. I can see everything and I know everything. So I knew what you were going to do, but uh, you have free will. But I still know everything. I just, look, don't even, I, my plans are unknowable. That's right. Yeah, like, he's like, don't <laughs> I even, wanted to test you. Don't even bother trying to think that one say, through. That doesn't. Oh, jeez, yeah. so you got really close there to killing the baby. <laughs> so it Little, 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 little Bubby Isaac is like, Daddy, <laughs> really? You just imagine God sitting back. Well, he's not going to do it. I, I know he's not going to do it. He's doing it. Uh, no, stop, stop, stop. Just testing. Yeah, I mom, go to the bathroom for a minute, Saul. I mean, jeez. Mum walks in. What are you doing there, Isaac? Again, are you trying to sacrifice him? Trying to drown God him wants again. me to sacrifice him. <laughs> Every Sunday afternoon, it's the same damn oh, no. thing. God tells. What is this time? Drain his blood. Yeah. <laughs> what is it this time? Put him in the river. So I think, I think maybe Saul was the one at uh, yeah. fault there. He gets a bit carried away. Maybe he hadn't had enough sleep. So Jill and the Noah are sort of and Noah and the psychologists are, are racing to the church, and this is sort of yeah the street. There's a chemist saying, "Look, oh, you know, I don't have any downers or whatever left." And yeah, people then you like, in. "You need a doctor's yeah, certificate. you need a doctor's certificate." And but then people start smashing into the chemist, and and then at the same time, you know, there's people fighting on the street, uh, as people fleeing a scene, and and then they they come down this alleyway and they they find that police officer who saved Matilda. Is yeah, he's dead. He's, he's been dead. killed. Um, and the psychologist kind of says, you know, this is only the start. It's only going to go downhill from here. So it's a good sort of raising the the stakes, I think. Into, yeah, it's into that. To tell you what's what's what. Mm. Yeah, it's tells you what the stakes are. Yeah, yeah. it's like this isn't just um, oh, people are a bit grumpy. Yeah, this is uh, everyone is grumpy yeah. and they're making everyone else grumpier. Yeah, and they will start murdering each other. People will just start murdering each other. Uh, so when they arrive at the church, um, Doris doesn't want to actually give up Matilda. The pe- the people are panicking and the psychologist tries to ration. And I like this because it's a good speech that I've said as a teacher, which is <laughs> critical thinking is so important. <laughs> Yes, and that's basically what he's saying. He's like critical thinking, people. Critical thinking. You're right now wanting to sacrifice a little girl to a so-called god. I, I, it's not critical thinking. You're not thinking through the whole and, thing. And Let's see. all just take a deep breath. And 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 it was a really poetic moment. Was he's like, just if we all just breathe, get some more oxygen into your brain, it'll be okay. And with that, the cop is like, nah. Yeah, yeah. He was almost <laughs> convinced, was he? His yeah. Girl. Well, he convinced oh, us. He yeah. convinced us. That nah, was the point. Nah, bang. nah, nah, nah. nah. I'd just rather sacrifice that. her. That's an easier option. And and this this gives us this cascade of events where mm. finally people sort of broken out of the thing. And and mum, what what was mother in law's name? Was Doris? She Doris, runs yeah. off with Matilda. Yeah, and the lynch mob and, chase and after the, the, the pitchforks. The chase <laughs> after, and then, then Jill goes after them. Yeah, and you know. 
quickly Jill notices that Doris doesn't have Matilda, so she no. she goes back up and finds finds Matilda. Yeah, and we get that little uh, escape where Noah has got the coordinates. Yeah, and Mum is you know, like we've we've had this um, revelation. We've had the stakes have been made. We've been told here's a direction you can head. Yeah, the so hub. It could go to the hub. We could go to the hub. Yeah. So we're heading, and this is all the hallmarks of Act One coming to an end. Yeah. Because it's that question, will you go to the hub? Will you pursue this chance? Mm. And I love that Noah, in fact, even says, we've got no other opportunity here. Like yeah. he threatens to burn the thing. He's yeah. in, and he says, wake up, mum. Yeah. And yeah. again, which is like, because obviously they're all been asleep. And, yeah. and there's been a couple of these sort of wake up moments yeah. here where, where people have not, they're not seeing things the way they should be which is, so yeah. it's a great metaphor continuing on and I guess that's the thing it? even at the hub the people are going to be awake but then if society's this dangerous like people like at a church are willing to kill a little girl and we can see the cops being murdered it's like well if you go to the hub it's militarized it's it's militarized you might just be at least safe there for a little while yeah. you know like from the outside world as the outside world breaks down that could be a little sanctuary so even if they and don't get a they, cure... They might have that answer. And, and then within that time, they might get a cure. So yeah, you know, you're in the safest place. And so she decides to. They, they yep. steal a car from the drug dealer's workplace, which is a mechanic shop. Yep, yep. But the drug dealer's been shot. He's still alive. He's not... Yeah. A, or he's been bashed in the, bashed bashed up in the head and, and he won't go unconscious. No. And the, the, the two other less savoury chaps <laughs> uh, are trying to steal a, a Camaro and a Dodge. Yeah. And Jill nicks the keys, and so they go, oh, screw it. And they grab the Dodge and go chasing after a A, a supply Jeep, run, yeah. They... Jeep full of equipment or something, yeah, medical yeah. supplies or something. And then they go off, they do the road trip. And so we're hitting that, that fun of games where we're yeah. traveling through rural Canada, I suppose, yeah. to sort of see what the world is looking like mm. and how things are going. Mm. And they're, they're heading off to the library. They do. They come across... A I bunch of naked people. Oh yeah, that was um, pretty cool. That was cool. I thought, yeah, and um, oh, they, they grabbed you know, the gun off the, the criminal guy who had the Camaro. He got yeah. in an accident. Yeah, and I, I marked the naked people as being sort of the midpoint. Yeah, right. Like, I, it, like it, 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 it struck me as being, we've now reached peak crazy. Yeah, we're getting you to know, a creep. Like they just yeah. come along and they're just on the road. There's all these nudists just yes. staring at the sunrise. Yes. And you think, oh, what crazy is going to happen here? But they just drive slowly through, and they have the people sort of step out of the way mm. and let them on their way. And I went, okay, that's we've now seen everything. <laughs> we've seen the violence. We've seen, you know, even the violent people being car accidented. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and now we've seen, I don't know, some people who are just like, I don't know, they're just worshiping the sun. Or worshiping something. the sun, yeah. We've hit peak crazy, and so I, <laughs> I was thinking that's kind of we're, we're coming to that middle inflection point where things are going to get hard. They've got a direction to go in. They've started going. Things are going to get hard. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, they And when they get to this library, they're looking at trying to figure out how to get to the hub. And there is a nice moment there that you're probably right, heading more to the to more, you know, bad things happening, is that Jill starts teaching uh, Matilda things. And oh, she's telling her, you've got to learn how to read. you got to yeah, read, read this. The library, because yeah. when I'm gone... Yep. Yeah, you got to do read. Don't yeah, stop reading. Just keep reading because you'll learn things. And then she's like, "Oh, shoot the gun!" And there's a little nice moment here that you know Matilda doesn't want to shoot the gun, 
and you know she does. Uh, Jill fires a couple of times, and then Noel comes around. And is like, "Were well, you shooting at me?" And I, I I liked that because I reckon that that's what when you talk about lack of sleep, mm. that's exactly what starts to happen, isn't it? Especially in couples and and in families and that. It's just kind of like, "Are you having a go at me? Are yeah. you really? Are you?" And and it's so easy for people to kind of get worked up over the littlest thing, you know? But it's also easy for someone to be lack of sleep like Jill and go, yeah, let's practice shooting here. And it's like shooting towards the direction of a family member. And so, and they played off that a little more a couple of times in this film. And I, I liked it. It's just a nice little thing. We knew that she wasn't trying to shoot Noah. No, she's, and she's just, she's just trying to practice. And, and I, maybe I, Noah was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But well, it's like, said, oh, I okay. thought you were in the car. No, you told me to look at maps. Yeah. Well, then who's in the car? Yeah. You're like, well, nobody's in the car. <laughs> no, like, yeah, that's right. But then, yeah, we've seen the, the zombies come out, or actually yeah. the red-suited prisoners. Mm. But they're staggering out like zombies. It they looks are. like a, a, a horde, horde of zombies, zombies. Is spilling out. And it, it was almost like a, um, a Bollywood dance scene was about to start. You know, all these brightly coloured <laughs> people all coming out in formation, and yeah. then they form into a grid and start moving about. But it's always a good um, omen, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, they're obviously prisoners. They're obviously bad people. Oh, they're going to cause more. You know, they they all deserve to be in there. They're in their orange jumpsuits. Mm. Um, So now you're in real trouble, you know? Now you're in real trouble. And one of them sees the car. Yeah, and runs to the car. Matilda is sleeping in the back of. Yeah, he runs and jumps in the car and takes off in it. Uh, Mum comes jumping, running out and she's quite upset. She is. And I have to say, I really like this because I was like, oh, God. What? Yeah. You know, they, they keep using Matilda as, as being this horrible catalyst for you know, possibly bad things. But, of course, bad things don't happen to Matilda, which no. is nice. But it, but it's also interesting because these guard, these prisoners come up and... I think it was, that's the thing. You've got one guy that's taken off in the car with Matilda and then this guy comes up and he's like, oh, you know, give me the boy. Yeah, give us the boy. Give us the boy, you yeah. know. like give us the, And you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, you, you know, you, you expect the girl, like it's the real stereotype, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, the pedophilia, it's going to be a little girl. And then these other guys are like, no, we want the girl, we want the boy. Well, no it, trouble, just give us the, the boy. The interesting thing was it was just that one guy and the other prisoners were just kind of... Watching, I suppose. They, they or, weren't stopping anything. No. But you've got to wonder, like, what they're thinking. They're like, going, uh, they're probably thinking, this should be amusing to see how this turns out. She's got a gun. <laughs> yeah. And so they're all sort of standing there, and she fires it. It scares him, and, and a bunch of the prisoners go, no, nah, that's too much for yeah. me, and they run for it. But then she realizes it's out of ammo. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is going to be too, hard. Yeah. yeah. But then the prisoner who took the car turns up and says, hey, mum, get in the car. Get in the car, yeah. Which, Which I is- was really nice because it was like, I think it's more realistic that like yeah. most people, even criminals in prison, mm. are actually relatively reasonable people. Like, they will be, like yeah. You do get a number of... You'll get a you sociopath know, in there somewhere. Psychos but, yeah. and so forth. But even like like people, for example, who get done uh, robbing a, a petrol station, yeah. like they're not doing it because they're evil people who want to no. hurt people. No. They're usually doing it because they feel they desperately need a bit of money. Yeah possibly for drugs, possibly because they don't feel they've got any other way of getting money yep. or they owe money, but yep. they're not they're not looking to murder a small child or something <laughs> dreadful. You know, like they're just no. they're just getting by in life and they did something that was illegal. Yeah. Uh, and who knows, this guy, Dodge as his name was, we don't know why he was in prison. No. He could have been in prison because he was Smoking, tax evasion, smoking pot, or, <laughs> yeah. or tax evasion. Yeah, yeah, doesn't necessarily uh, make him an evil he, person. He, he could have been in there as a holding process for a trial that was upcoming. Yeah, and turns out he was innocent. Who knows? We don't know. 
So they fang it off out of there. They get away from the the other actual criminals, oh, the, bad uh, the bad ones, um, and they they discover a plane wreckage, and they're kind of like hunting through that wreckage. Mm. That was a pretty cool scene, eh? Like, it was a really sort of epic. You could see that the plane has hit the ground and you know grazed along. I mean, that's another area, isn't it? That the film doesn't even focus on. Of course, when electronics went out, all those planes in the sky would have yeah they, fallen. Would... Well, yeah. Combine <laughs> that, then you'd think there would have been an attempt to land as gracefully as possible mm. but you know, you, you're not, not going to really be able to no. but add to that lack of sleep and mm. judgment and there would, probably would have been some aeroplanes that could have landed like you know some nice smooth water and just you know splashed yeah. along and, and been ripped to shreds I don't think but it's not that, exploded yeah <clears throat> it's also not that it just depends where you are geographically doesn't it yeah. you know because if there's no opening there's no opening you know so um I saw that movie Scully and, you know, he lands on the Hudson River and that, that took a lot of effort. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, like, that took a real lot of effort. Like, yeah. And they didn't want him to land and, you know. Anyway, that's a whole other film, not sci-fi. but It's, it's possible, yeah. but you, <clears throat> it's you're not doing quite it with dangerous. Sort of accelerated lack of sleep <laughs> no. and no electronics. That's right. Because, yeah. You know, no electronics, yeah. Fly-by-wire mm. aeroplanes, mm. which like all those modern air jets and uh, air buses and so forth mm. are, yeah. you're going to have trouble with. But some of the older ones where you've got hydraulics yeah. still and so on, yeah, you may be. Anyway, so they driving off and this it's, it's nicer in this car... Um, Jill is initially holding Dodge at gunpoint. She is, yeah. And which I thought was a bit unfair because Dodge seemed like he seemed calm and reasonable, and, mm. and he did come back and to pick her up. And so, yep. like, he if he was actually had any ill intentions, he could have just driven off with Matilda or just kicked Matilda out of the car and driven off. Yep. But he came back and picked everyone up and kept them driving. Yeah, that's right. And. You know, um, likewise, so he gets changed and this is where we find out that the gun is doesn't have any bullets and mm. so he hands it back to her. He does. But we get a nice... Um, this, is this where he Noah and Mum have a bit of a chat in the car? Yeah, that's it's where he to- to- talks about the grandma and the books. Yeah, and it's starting to get a little bit sort of um, reconciled, mm. I guess, is what's yeah, yeah. going on here. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's where then... Um, yeah, uh, Matilda's driving, and so and that you know he says about the grandma saying, if you deleted all the books of a generation, you would, you know, you would start again. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, that's, and I, 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 in that car, I would have had to have corrected him. <laughs> he's, he's like says, yeah, because people sort of say it's true, and then enough people say it's true, then they write it in a book, and then people read it in a book and think it's true, and you go, mm. well, well, it actually. Some of the things in books are true. Yeah, they are like, true. Yeah, but I see what he's saying. He's yeah. more talking about the way we pass culture along. Yeah, yeah. So historical things and the ways we are supposed to interact. Mm, and yeah, yeah. Funny thing is, tonight my son asked a very insightful question mm. about swear words. Right. He said, "How come we have swear words if we're not supposed to use them? Mm. Like, why did we make these words up that you're not allowed to use?" Yeah, yeah. And then you know. Mom, That's a tough answer. <laughs> mum just sort of said, oh, well, it's not the same people who made the swear words up as the people who say you can't use them. Yeah, right. And so my son said, oh, so they're just, you know, trying to tell us what to do. Mm. How did they know? And sort of left that, and I said, look, you've actually stumbled on a very insightful mm. philosophical point. I'll leave you with it, you know, because yeah. I, mean? I, I was really entertained by the fact that 
his little innocent mind and come up with is like just like Dodge sitting there going, yeah, yeah. You've, you're just saying stuff and you're telling us that it's true. Yeah. But why are you telling us that it's true? Why are we continuing yeah. that? Why are we doing this perpetuating stuff? And, yeah, yeah. I, and I agree because I, yeah. I, I see stuff like on, on the news, like you look at um, the various wars between the factions in the Middle East mm. and, you know, you sort of think the only way that could stop, that could stop in a generation, yep. but basically you're going to have to take all of the things that carry the memory. So, yeah, mm. all the books, all mm. the media... All the parents and adults yeah, and all yeah, the rest yeah, are yeah. going to have to either just forget it all yeah. or be moved away. Yeah. I know you're like, I don't want to say you don't want to separate these no, kids. No. Parents. It's more the case of you, you want to do like eternal spotless sunshine. Yeah, thing. Right. You know, you, you want to just sort of go forget about the fact that X and Y tribe that someone bulldozed your house. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a freaking terrible tragedy. Okay. I don't, don't disagree, but revenge will not, get you your house back or anything else. And then when you're on the other side of things, you don't want to keep thinking, yeah, well, your people ran my people out of town and mm. it's like, ah, oh, just someone's going to have to stop at one point. Yep. And you could do it in a generation. If everyone just freaking stopped, if they all just woke up. Mm. And yeah. and that's what this movie, as I, I keep coming back to, why I like the, the dark wake hope up, of this. Is that, up. is that, yeah, if everyone just freaking woke up, mm. And everyone says this, and everyone says, "Oh, yeah." But if they all just woke up, and what usually people are meaning, it, it's a code for if everyone just agreed with everything I said. <laughs> but what Dodge is saying is, no, it's not about agreeing with what everyone just said. It's the opposite. You've got to stop agreeing with what everyone else has just said mm. and start fresh and start new. Yeah, and that's which, what happens at the end of this. Which movie. is also now that you've just said it that way is also critical thinking. Because that is critical thinking. Yes. So if everyone says the earth is flat, it takes critical thinking to realise maybe the earth is not flat. Yes. You know, like that's the only thing that gets people out of a bind. Or if everyone, if you, if your family thinks that we are just all poor all the time financially and you can never break free of that because rich people steal from the poor then that's what the family passes down the generations. And everyone, yes. and everyone in that family thinks there's no way out of poverty. Mm. Where we are poor and rich people steal from the poor, rich people steal from society. Now, there might be a little bit of truth in both of those aspects, but if, if you're locked into that and you can't critically think outside of that thinking, then you can't. And that's what Dodge is saying. Then, then it and is true. It yes. is true. It, it becomes your truth. Yes. And, and then you're exactly... You're, Right, in terms of what this film is saying, it's like, yeah, wake up, wake up, dude, wake up, wake up, Neo. It, it, it requires <laughs> a well, I mean, that process of Neo coming out of the bath that's is right. Oh, yeah, it's uh, birthing, isn't it? Uh, you know, a baptism, yeah, it is, it's a birth, yeah. yeah. So, so that's really great, and they're, they're going along, and they, they do have like another sort of crazy spot where they well, yeah, to me, this was to me, I thought this was the midpoint, right? But I mean, you made a really good point about the midpoint, but. I sort of thought this was the midpoint. But anyway, Matilda is driving and they suddenly come up on this. And to me, this is a Mad Max-esque kind of thing, yeah, right? They, like, they've just like, gone straight forward, haven't they? <laughs> Before we saw the nude people worshipping the sun and they were just peaceful and they're fine. Pretty weird to come across that on a highway. Now we're coming across Mad Max. 
<laughs> now we're coming across the people that are worshipping, ripping the throat out of your neck, right? Uh, like They've already you know, built like, a trash pyramid <laughs> yeah. on which a, a weirdly grinning dude is yeah, sitting that's whilst right. other people are hanging upside down having yeah. their blood drained. Yeah. Possibly by choice. Yeah, possibly. I, it, they didn't look to be, I don't know, it was hard to tell whether they were... Yeah. Ecstatic or upset, yeah, we do, uh, and but, we'll never know. But they and they just started ripping in. This again, this sequence is filmed that same way that I was talking about with the car accident. Mm. So we've got a point of view kind of camera inside the car, um, which rotates and tracks around the car as these people reach in and they're smashing the back window and someone's grabbing it and they're fighting. They're all violently fighting to try to get bits of their body parts or whatever they wanted. And the car's still moving as well, still accelerating. Um, And so it's a really great camera choice again that we're in the action as it's all unfolding and we sort of circle around each character as they're attacked, but the rest of the action keeps unfolding as well. So I really liked that. It had a real feel of a zombie film too. It did, it did, yeah. Without the fear of people being bitten and therefore... yeah. Dying. That's right, yeah. They didn't have to worry about that, but they were being scratched and pulled and ripped apart. And, and I mean, I guess as well, like you were thinking, well, they're only two of them are only kids, you know. Um, but they they survive it. They accelerate out and they get out of the Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah, they do. They, they get past old, old Max up on his seat of pyramid power yeah and drive on for a bit and they, they come across the lights. Yeah, they, they're like the hub. And I mean, she says, that must be the hub. And I, I had this split second going, how do you know that's the hub? And I went, oh, yeah, it's the only place with light. Yeah. Everywhere else has got no electricity. That's right. They've, they've the military will have electricity, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've set things up. Well, But, but did you notice that she says, do you see that? Do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah. Because it could be very obvious to go, I'm seeing lights, but I, am I hallucinating? Yeah, who, who knows? Because she's been testing herself with yeah. memorizing numbers yeah. and such. Again, that digression of her mental ability was, I thought, a really cool factor in this that film. That was nice. Um, so anyway, she they pull over and she separates from her children. She says, stay here. I may not come back. You know, don't follow me. You know, I'm, I'm going to see if it's safe and uh, and then we'll come back. I'll come back for you, but don't follow me. And she tells Dodge to get out. Like, yeah, where are you yeah. going now? Which yeah. is like basically saying, yeah, you're not coming with us. Which yeah. Is, again, overly suspicious, I think. Yeah. But lack of sleep. Yeah. And I, the, the little note I made here, this is the Han Solo moment. Mm. It's like, what are you going to do? And instead of him going, oh, thank God you're out of here. I'm pissing off. Like, yeah. Because you can see he's like, oh, yeah, he's got nothing better to do. Yeah. Like, and, <laughs> and maybe no one to go to. Yeah, you know, nowhere you don't, to you go. Don't, no one yeah. like is. So he goes, well, I'm just going to get out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which is right. like a, a, a lack of sleep joke. Yep. But he drives up and I thought to myself, okay, mental note, this is Han Solo going, yeah, I've got my money. That's all I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then he's going to come swooping back in at the last minute to distract save the, the, day, the, yeah. the Darth Vader yeah. so that Luke can save the day. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happens. Mm. He comes in at the last minute, distracts the soldier. Yeah. But anyway, but, um, this is the, the clever, stealthy break-in that Jill does. Yeah. And, I, and I love this. It was just like so easy for her because... You know, the, the military there, they're getting injected with stuff in their neck and they're kind of all amped <laughs> and shaky. And like, you see the medic, he's like, yeah, put it in. <laughs> put yeah, it in your yeah, neck. That'll do, that'll keep you going. Yeah. And he wanders off and then they go, right, clearing the bridge. And they're still going through all of their military stuff. Yeah. But like clearing the bridge, he just walks across the bridge and you're like, Jill's just standing under it, <laughs> watching them. And she just walks yeah. <laughs> across the river and goes up in and then, yeah, overhears them. 
uh, with the code. You know, I've written it down. Like, oh, that's your, you're bloody smart. <laughs> Two, zero, four, six. Like, I remember it now. I only saw this movie once. Yeah. And I remember it all the way now. And yeah, I, I love that. Jill sneaks in and she's she struggles to open the, the lock. Lock, yeah. She gets, she gets four of the numbers, I think, or something. Yeah, two, but zero, four, six. Yeah. And then she, she has to count individually on the buttons yeah, to yeah. push. And, yeah. But it's also really done nicely that she, again, it's shot where you can't see inside the building, so you don't really know what she's coming across. And then when it when she opens that door, it's like, oh, it's a full blown medical facility. There's all these doctors and and soldiers and stuff. But and it's also kind of complacent, of, like we mentioned earlier. They just, oh, she yeah. puts on her jacket, she picks up a, a chance. Someone says, "Hey, that's mine." Yeah, yeah. And he takes it off her, <laughs> and he just looks at him, and then walks off. And you're like, <laughs> you can see he's oh. processing, going. Who the hell is that? And he, he just must end up going, I, I really don't care. I don't care, no. I'm just like, going to... What does it matter? She's just there in a white coat. Yeah. I mean... She's probably a doctor. Yeah, whatever. You know, like... Yeah. There's yeah. other doctors here. And, and there's a... She goes in and, you know, finds the... Well, where's the woman? You know, and they, she yeah. gets pointed away. And, and there's that nurse, like, at the trolley, mm. like, picking up things and looking at them, clearly not knowing what to do. And, still a bit confused, oh, yeah. Oh, they've already done that. Or are you here to take blood? Yeah, um, here to take blood. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to it. And so she goes in and she, she comes across the older woman that's been sleeping and um, she finds her. She's not in a very good condition. And um, the old woman says to her, you know, like, oh, how much blood can you take? And, oh, you know, like just I'm not supposed to be alive. I was supposed to be dead and, months ago. Yeah, I was supposed to be dead months ago. So, yeah, that that's sort of revealing that. Yeah, it's not quite. Maybe she's not the miracle woman, not the miracle that we thought here. Yeah, and, and sure enough, Jill at this point is revealing her true plan. She's like, uh, "Yeah, I, I, my daughter can sleep. I need you to be. There. I need someone to be there when yeah, they're there to be the yeah." Which is still pretty grim, really. Like I always think, what sort of future is that going to be? Mm, this just one older woman, one among old younger. woman who's clearly struggling health wise. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, was she struggling because they were, yeah, constantly taking blood yeah, from yeah, her? Yeah, that would not help in the slightest, no. <laughs> I have a feeling. Um, and then uh, Jill is actually seen by Dr. Murphy and she comes out, oh, you're here, oh, all right, you made it, you know. And she lies that she wanted to be there to help the situation um, and Jill pretends that uh, she doesn't know what happened to Brian. She's like, oh, do you know what happened to Brian? Brian was going to bring my family. Yeah, like, oh no. no! No, not here. Not didn't make it. Oh, um, and then Murphy also explains that well, we've got this drug that helps brain function, but uh, it's slowing it, the process, but it, it is also damaging the brain. Yeah, it's it's speed and vitamins and <laughs> yeah. some other bits and pieces. You yeah. know, uh, it's it's keeping us functioning, but not very well. Yeah. Suddenly there's a flare outside the campus or, or the hub and um, she sort of runs out and there's this confrontation going on. Dodge rocks up in the car with the children, the military. There's a real sort of standoff, isn't there? And and even oh. Jill's kind of slammed into the ground. And these soldiers, you can tell, like I mean, we just came from all the doctors and that being a bit confused there. They're also a bit confused they're a bit still. Confused. Like, they're not they're trying, sure. They're trying to do their duty, but yeah. they're not sure what the duty is. They're, yeah. They're Should they just at, blow 
this little girl, Matilda, yeah. coming out that you know, get on the ground, hands up, hands up. You think it's she's like what, maybe a ten year old yeah, girl? Yeah. Like even if she had a gun, she couldn't use it. That's right. It would like flip out of her hands if she shot it. And yeah, and you can see they are sort of struggling with that notion yeah, of like. Yeah. So it's really dangerous. Yeah, this scene, like they got a gun in Jill's face, saying, "I will blow your foe, shoot yeah. you in the face. I'll do it." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, geez, dude, cool it, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can't because he's freaking jacked up on, on <laughs> speed. <laughs> hasn't had any sleep. Yeah, that's so, right. So who knows? As a Jill ends up uh, chained up. She does. They all they all chained up. They get all chained up, and the little girl. But yeah, the, the Matilda says, "I can sleep," and that kind of breaks. That breaks it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then she is. Uh, Jill's tied up. Noah's tied up. Matilda is um, in with the doctor, and um, yeah, there's a great like. I was I wasn't sure if this has been done electronic, you know, like special effects or whether it's a puppet. But the chimpanzee was cool, eh? Oh, the chimpanzee was really good. Uh, it seemed really realistic to me, and um, they had it sliced open, and the the doctor, and also in this bit, the camera is low, and it kind of goes around on Matilda's eye level, but not the doctor. So you just see this doctor yeah, kind of off a, camera. I made my note there. His head is removed, so it's like uh, yeah, it's like these kids' cartoons. I like Tom and Jerry, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. the legs or the uh, yeah. Charlie Brown, where the, the adults, they don't really properly talk. They don't they exist, go, yeah. Wah, wah, yeah, wah, yeah. And you don't really see their heads. The same, this doctor was talking, you don't see his head or anything. And he's talking about this chimp, he, he puts ether on the chimp. Well, he, you know, he relieves the pressure, he's, the skull is open. Mm. He says, well, to relieve the pressure, you've got to take the skull off and remove the fluid. Mm. But to keep the brain clean, you've got to keep the skull closed with the fluid. Yeah. So that's a problem. And then he, he puts that little mask on the chimp. And he won't and go to sleep. Won't go to sleep. So that's ether. You know, the, the, it won't go to sleep. Yeah. Even with drugs, people can't sleep. Yeah. And so then they test it onto Matilda, and she falls asleep. And then we see the doctor's face. Yes. And he's, and he's suddenly now human. Yeah. And he's he's pleased, yeah. but then he's 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 not too pleased because he's getting the notion that Murphy is kind of again wanting to sacrifice the child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I don't think she just wants to sacrifice her to God. I think she wants to basically drain her blood and cut her open and <laughs> do a vivisection or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dr. Murphy asks Jill why her daughter can sleep and Jill begs Murphy to you know let her go. But yeah, she's insisting that humanity's survival depends upon her. Um, Dodge is kind of surprisingly taken as a guard. Oh, yeah. And he becomes a guard and he's injected in the neck. With the meth, let's <laughs> yeah. give him a shot of meth, um, and we we have this kind of then real dark night of the soul because the older woman who can sleep goes into cardiac arrest and dies. So to me, it was like a really oh, here's the death of a character. Yeah, here's, you know, here's like, a bit of your hope is being yeah, wrenched away. Yeah, because if she dies, and then it's also then it's all M- M- Matilda, um, and that follows that. Then Jill is having these hallucinations that. Noah starts to threaten her and, and then actually wants to kill her and attacking mm. her. And there's a great little scene, isn't it? Because then they, uh, well, the I think Dr. Murphy... Is, the camera's wobbly and blurry around yeah. the edges as well. And she's she's being attacked. He's yelling at her and he then jumps on top of her. And, so, and then a soldier walks in and goes, okay, Noah, come with me. And, of course, then the camera turn, or pans left and it's like he stands up, like he's tied up. He's yeah. not on top of her. So she was just hallucinating her. So... It shows us how powerful the lack of sleep is now as well, that you start to see 
be yourself being attacked or whatever. Uh, he's taken away to see if his brain is any different to the Matildas. We kind of then suddenly break in the soldiers. <laughs> One of the soldiers walks along. It's not funny, really, because it's oh, actually okay. whatever. But he walks along and there's a pine cone on the ground and you just hear him go, Grenade! And <laughs> just start firing. He runs like, and kicks it away and then yeah, opens and fire and then all the others, of course. Like one soldier even, fires. Even they if they fire. were well rested. Yeah. I mean, soldiers are trained. Like I've, I've got a couple of friends who went to the Australian Defence Force. Yeah. And, you know, they do have these training drills where yeah. someone will yell out, you know, contact. Yeah. One o'clock. Yep. And the first thing you do when you say that is you let off a, a, a quick burst of gunfire in that direction. Mm. Everyone drops to the ground and then like, you know, the support weapon will fire off a few bursts to the, the idea is to get covering fire to, yeah. to suppress any enemies who, who might've been trying to ambush you or get the jump on you. Yeah. Right. So it's, that's kind of a drill that they do, which is like, you know, they say a contact and then they, a couple of shots drop to the ground, open, open, to do, a, do a couple of shots there just to sort of, establish you know hey keep them down yeah then an assessment is made as like okay yeah. do we need to keep shooting you know whatever and th- this is only done in areas where you're expecting contact yeah yeah and so these guys here are amped up yep one of them opens fire says we're under attack and shoots yeah so everyone just starts shooting. everyone else's training is just like shit yeah. okay where the gunfire is shoot yeah the problem is they're all on meth and they've all been like about six days with no sleep at this point. Yeah. So their, their judgment is fairly obscure, you know, impaired. Yeah. It's not and logic. so they start, they start shooting just, first of all, they're just shooting wildly into the night mm. as if they're under attack. But then of course the problem is that, you know, another soldier will then come running around the corner and see, oh, we're under attack and there's someone shooting a gun. Mm. Ah, shoot. Shoot him, and then yeah. oh, that guy just shot someone. Yeah, he must. Shoot you know, he He's shot one of our soldiers. Get him! And and so this absolute nightmare scene yeah. of these soldiers who are trained to react and respond, and they've they've obviously just because they don't have any higher functions, mm. they've dropped into this base level of training, and the soldiers are moving through the compound, clearing the compound. Yeah, like very, very much like Terminators. You know, yeah. they're just yeah. quick, short, accurate bursts brr, 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 yeah. brr, brr. and you know the guy sort of shoots, shoots he runs out of ammunition he immediately puts his thing in pulls his pistol out and starts moving in mm. all like robots like yeah yeah and this is exactly how they're trained yeah yeah except normally they have the higher function to understand when they're in a dangerous situation and when they're <laughs> still just entering their own yeah. base and well, they, yeah they can't identify who's safe and who's not no because part just... of the training is also to do rapid identification of friend yeah. and foe is it's like you know like you you get to recognise what a military uniform looks like and where your people are. Yeah. But if you're in this situation, so it was a really scary thing because there was no enemy. It was just an implosion yeah. of gunfire. Yep. And within this, Jill's kind of dodging dodging the violence and she runs to rescue Matilda yeah. um, and makes it to her. Just as, I think, what was Dr. Murphy? Was she going to cut her open or something? And, yeah, you see what makes her different. Yeah, yeah, and sort of like the old scientist just doctor about to rip her open kind of thing. And um, um, But the, but old Dr. Katz injects Dr. Murphy yeah. with the serum like because she yeah. wants to be injected with the serum. So, okay, he does it. Mm. But Matilda goes, no, 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 you've got to clear, clear out the, the bubbles. You've always got to clear yeah, out yeah. the bubbles. Yeah. And she says to Matilda, 
Dr. Murphy, he's killed you. Yeah. And then she's like got her scalpel. Ah, and yeah, sure enough, <laughs> yeah. she has some sort of, I, I don't know how truthful it is. You get an air bubble in your brain or your heart. Yeah. Or uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't imagine it's good to get an air bubble. I didn't look it up. But uh, it's a bit of a classic movie trope, isn't it? It sure is. I can't think of what other films it's been in, but I do know it's been plenty. So then they run to uh, rescue Noah or find Noah. Um, and Noah's sort of about to be under fire, and then Dodge just saves him. Yeah, um, and, and gets shot. Darth yeah, Vader. yeah, and gets kind of shot himself. Um, and then Noah's like, "Oh, these wires on the ground look like cereal or something, doesn't fish. he?" Dad fish, told Dad, me how Dad, you fish. That's fish. it. You cut it open here. First. Cut a fish. That's all right. And he and he cuts, it and of course he gets totally yeah. annihilated. <laughs> he gets thrown back, and then. Yeah. Luckily, Matilda watched the whole resuscitation efforts yeah, and so brings she, the, the pads over and they they don't clear. No. You know how they tell you to clear? Well, yeah. apparently what happens if you don't get clear, you all get a bit of a jolt. You do. Um, I, again, I've never looked up to see if that's true, but I expect it's probably not, not true. The thing with those pads is that they're not... I, look, I have not been trained on those pads in first aid, but I've been trained on defibs. And defibs, um, you can, but it's actually almost impossible for you to get any danger mm. from them and it's also impossible the funny thing with a defib and i this is valuable advice if anyone is listening is that really anyone can use a defib the like you don't ones, yeah. yeah you don't have to and here they're doing those charge ones yeah. um but my actual understanding a few years ago really shocked me doing the training is that in the movies, you, you know, they and they do it. They did it in this movie as well. It's like they go, they go clear one, two, three, bam, and they're like clear again, bam. Yeah. They don't actually work like that so rapidly. Like there's time because you need time for the heart to actually beat, and it's in between. So they don't they don't actually do that in reality. Um, it's much more, you know, like a doctor might do it once and then they wait a minute and then they do it again, you know. But in the movies, you know, the drama is doom, doom, doom. And like how they go ramp it up. Yeah. <laughs> there is no ramp. Why don't you just start on the ramped part, you know? There is no extra voltage. It's just that's the voltage, you know. Um, but uh, defibs themselves, so not those sort of charging ones, they will, you will connect them and they can't actually run while other people are touching them. Like you could touch them, you could lick them, you could do anything to them, and you're safe. It's got to be put onto a person, and you push the button, and yeah, the machine I, actually says stand clearer. You know, I, have, like, I have a feeling yeah. that they've got an old school one. This is an old out. military one, yeah. Like they've had to dig out something like from the seventies or something. Like yeah, that, yeah. When you had the danger knobs, danger knobs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, danger, danger. They 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 zap Noah, yeah, and then they fall back and they they sort of phase out, yeah. And Matilda wakes up and sees mum with her eyes open and yeah. head on. Barely, Noah. barely sort of alive or whatever. And Matilda notices that Noah's breathing and his mm. eyes moving. And so she wakes him up and he wakes up and they're like, yeah. oh, okay. And oh, he's actually alive, yeah. So mum sort of goes, oh, this is so good. And yeah. she's so happy and she hugs him and they, they start packing the Jeep to go and mum is bloody useless. Yeah, she's a potato. She's she, slowly she, becoming a potato. She's she's useless. Yeah. And then, of course, that uh, where is it that Matilda realises, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, well, mum yeah, saved you. You were dead. Well, there's a moment first that the kind of the climax that Noah um, actually says, you know, 
she, you know, his mum was right. He apologises. We shouldn't have come to the hub and and he loves her. You know, so it's a kind of a climax of the emotional story. She's fading. She's passed out. Um, And I think Matilda, they're packing up the the Jeep and Matilda runs past those charging pads and realises, oh, hang on, I was zapped. Oh, she sees the the sheriff's badge. That's right, the sheriff's badge, yeah. And it's a reminder that she was kind of brought back to life. And no one mentions that he was dreaming. Yeah. And they say, ooh, okay. Uh, it's it's odd that they chose drowning. Yeah. Because I guess that was the way Matilda was done. But yeah. I would have thought electrocution, like zapped her in the heart. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, they drive off down and we get It's a, your birthing symbol. So. And I, I really love this because as soon as I saw them go to the water, it was even like this idyllic, you know, with the, the lush green yeah. grass up to the bank. And it was, yeah. it was almost just like one of those... Um, you know, music video clips. Mm. Which which one is it? Like you know, um, I can't remember who's the one of the. Was it a U two one or something? Where there's the people standing in the water and they're, yeah. they're wearing the white robe. Reflection. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's yeah. So they they do like the whole baptism of her. They do. They take her in. They they apologize and then they drown her basically. Yeah, which is <laughs> what a horror that would be. Um, and then the screen goes black. It does. They're doing, they're doing a resuscitation, and I was sitting there going, "Oh, how are they going to end this?" And then there's just one, yeah. At the end, the credits roll. Yeah, and and so that's that's why I went the hope. If she didn't breathe, I yep. would have gone nut. Fair enough. And there is a nice sort of reverse tracking shot of the reflection of the lake coming yeah. out of that. Like, and it's very similar to the start in that you know, yeah. There's that puddle and the moon reflection. Well, it's like in the, the water. Uh, this spirit world. Yeah, it's the like. crossing it's, of the two worlds. It's upside down, looking in the reflection of water. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing the the world reflected off water. And reflections are always like, could be the spiritual world or it could yeah, be another, otherworldly. It's not I, real. So, I mean, I I personally would have liked a bit more of that sort of de- life through death, rebirth in there. Mm. But I still really liked what, the, what was there and... The, and and that's what I mean. I, I sort of think that it's just really good the way they brought in the whole, you know, talking about just dead for a minute yeah. and wake up mm. and and even that little dodge monologue, which which kind of um, also brought this theme of 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 change through destruction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and, it, and I was also then sort of thinking that that misunderstanding of the death tarot card. Which yeah. is so common in the movies. You know, they they pull out, and your future will be death, <laughs> and and it's like dun dun dun. But the reality, of course, is the death in the tarot is me is, is symbolic of change. Yeah, much like you have in a lot of movies, you have symbolic death being uh, towards the end in the last sort of quarter. Yeah, which is like the motivation or the inspiration to make that last change to win. Mm. Sometimes the death of a dream or yeah. a, a car breaks down. Yeah. Sometimes it's quite literal is that someone, yeah. Noah actually does die. die. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's this whole movie was that mm. metaphor, I think. Yeah. And, and therefore the title Awake. So yeah, wake it's, up. It's, yeah, very, very cool from that point of view. Yeah, know? I reckon, I mean, I said it before, it's a bit of a hidden hidden gem this one i know it's really new and i'm not sure exactly how long it's been available on netflix but not long yeah i think it's a different premise i'm glad you've brought up all of those kind of symbols of you know the idea of 
you know, birth and afterlife and new life and all those kind of things. So I think that's really cool. So where does that then lead you into your ladder then, Sorry, Where should, where are you putting awake on your ladder? Awake is going after passengers above Tau. Okay. Awesome. And for me, it is going actually straight after Tau and before the Discovery. Oh, was, oh the Discovery, yeah, yeah. Awake and Tau also is sort of... Uh, the AI gets rebooted and, and restarted. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, the idea of discovery as well is kind of going into the afterlife. So there's some symbols there together. Yeah. So I thought it's kind of a, a good story, but it's also a very different breakdown of society that I quite liked. So what about the science part? Are we talking about being awake or are we being asleep? Oh, yeah. Or are you going to talk about something completely different with just solar flares? <laughs> oh, solar flares are pretty interesting, and there's probably better movies we can talk about solar flares with. Yeah, but they were particularly popular during, say, the '70s. It was an imitation of the navy. No, that's trousers with flares. <laughs> oh, sorry, no flares, uh, sleep. Yes. And it's particularly interesting that we watched this film and uh, all about sleep when just earlier last week I went and had dinner with my brother and his family. And he was saying that, yeah, sort of at the moment he's sort of getting by in about six hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's finding, yeah, he's surprised that he doesn't feel that bad. And this reminded me immediately of this research I read because I was mm-hmm. looking into how much sleep we need. Yep. This stems from earlier times where I, was, I went along to uh, like a business coaching training session thing and there was talk there about, you know, waking up earlier. Yep. <clears throat> and but there was no mention of going to bed earlier, which I always thought <laughs> funny. Was like I'm assuming that's what you meant to do was actually like yeah. wake up earlier and go to bed earlier, saying that the idea being that that early start you feel like you're getting ahead of the game yeah, rather yeah. than trying to catch up at the end of the day. Okay, yep. so but I thought out of curiosity, I thought, well, can, how much extra can you get in a day? Really, like how much sleep do you need? And I came across this great bit of research. So it's called. The cumulative cost of additional wakefulness, dose response effects on neurobehavioral functions and sleep physiology from chronic sleep restriction and total sleep deprivation. Mm, nice. It's, yeah, that's quite a mouthful. <laughs> that is the title. It's by Hans P.A. Van Dongen, Greg Meislin, Janet M. Mullington, David F. Dingers. Just to summarize this, what they did is they're looking at going, okay, so how does total sleep deprivation mm. and various levels of sleep affect us. And that's exactly what my question was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they, they took 48 people, and this is not a huge sample, but it was still you know, really good results. There are lots of other studies and cross studies of tens of thousands of sleep studies and people and so forth about how much sleep is usual and the rest of it. Uh, eight hours, apparently. Basically, the answer is eight hours. Some people vary a little bit here and there, but you know, not really less than seven, not more than about nine, mm. eight hours. Yep. Unless you've got some sort of disorder or other effect. Yep. But anyway, <clears throat> that's not what they're asking here. They're asking, let's, well, let's find out different things. So they've got these 48 people, and they, they broke it up into a couple of different experiments. The first one, two weeks, 14 consecutive days. They broke the people up into three, randomly broke them up into three groups. One got four hours a night, one got six hours, one got eight hours. Mm. And then they did that 
and in the meantime they then did various cognitive and yeah. behavioral tests and monitoring and and they got them to fill in questionnaires like how tired do you feel you know yeah, how yeah. alert do you feel and funny enough the four hours a night people just went totally nuts on each other well then <laughs> then they turned around and went okay now you'll have three days of just ordinary sleep and we'll do your tests mm. three days zero sleep mm. not not allowed to sleep at all for mm. three consecutive days wow. and then three recovery days right and they got them to do all these tests and stuff in between there to yeah to see yeah. how they're going yep so that the really interesting behavior stuff came in so the four hours per day they felt crap did poorly very quickly de- degraded in their abilities to think and reason and so you know that as you'd expect they, yeah. just, they just felt pretty, like rash pretty average eight hours again as you'd expect totally fine like they're going is this good uh, they behaved the same as they did on their baseline. Yep. Just like you'd expect. The six hours, because this is the question is, can you squeeze more time out? Can you go sleep six hours? My brother mentioned that he'd been sleeping six hours a lot mm-hmm. lately and he was mm-hmm. feeling okay and he thought, oh, that's kind of handy because yeah, he swaps between day shift and night shift. He has a few yeah, other yeah. things and whatever. The six-hour sleep people, for the first week, yeah, they were, they were okay. They were a little bit off the game but not too bad. And they reported that they felt, you know, a little bit tired, but okay. Mm-hmm. After 10 consecutive days at six hours sleep, they still reported that they felt okay. Yep. A little bit tired, but entirely manageable. But their test results, so cognitive function, behavioral function, and, and so forth, the same as the people who were deprived for three days. Mm. So at that sort of 10 to 14 days, yeah, right. they were stuffed. Mm. Like, so it's not absolutely incontrovertible proof that this is the case, mm-hmm. but this is really strong indication that at six hours of sleep at a night, you will feel okay. Yeah. But if you, have, if you are tested, particularly after about a week or so, mm. if you have to make difficult decisions, if you have to operate heavy machinery, yeah. if you have to, you know, deal with emotionally charged or stressful situations, Yeah, you will do as well as someone who has not slept for three days. <laughs> so you just think of how well you do after not sleeping for one day. Mm. Like I've tried it. You just yeah. don't do very well at all. No, you don't. Try that for three days and that's what, that's how you, you, but you'll feel okay. Yep. You'll be able to convince yourself that you're doing okay. So that was just, it's, it's an amazing bit of research, I think, because of that six hour cohort. Yes. And I can attest to this likewise. Like my brother said, it, it reflected what I had previously said where I realized you can go for a, you, you can go for about a week of about six hours sleep a night. Mm-hmm. And so long as you're not sort of challenged, yeah, yeah. you're okay. Yep. I've never really gone for like the two weeks, but mm. I could imagine then, yeah, two weeks, you'd still be feeling that way. But I can only imagine that you're just not going to be making good decisions. Yes. So the other question that I had, and I'm sure we all want to know, how can we die? Oh, you know, can, how can we die? Can we die from sleep deprivation? Mm. It has never happened. Right. So it's not to say that it's impossible. Uh, it's just that no one's been able to stay awake long enough. Yeah. Uh, because we start entering this gray area of what is sleep. Mm. So this one guy in 1965, uh, this fellow Randy Gardner, he did a science experiment for his high school science project. He was 16 and he stayed awake for 11 days and 24 minutes. Mm. During this time, he was closely monitored by fellow students and sleep scientists. 
And as the days rolled on, his symptoms worsened, mm-hmm. but he survived. Yep. But then the question, some questions were raised, for example, there were times there by the end of, uh, on day four, he started getting hallucinations and delusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, by day seven, he was slurring his speech. His memory was really bad. Day 10, paranoia mm-hmm. was kicking in. Yep. Uh, and day 11, his facial expression and tone of voice became expressionless. <laughs> Both his attention and memory yeah, I can understand that. were significantly diminished. Which is where, where then, of course, scientists ask, well, what is awake? What is asleep? Because yeah. after 11 days, if he's not expressing facial expression... You know, maybe he's kind of entering a bit of sleep. Maybe there's yeah, a certain yeah. point where your body just goes, nah, no, that's know, enough. That's yep. it, you're done. I'm switching off, yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine trying to go 11 days. Like, I've, I've gone no. 24, I've gone maybe say 36 ish hours yeah, yeah, or 30 yeah. hours before, yeah. uh, mainly because at uni, uh, I would stay up a little bit later each day yep. and then go wake up a bit later. And so you'd end up creeping. Until, mm. you know, I'm watching Rage at 6 o'clock in the morning, the sun's coming up, and I'm going, yep. oh, really? The sun's up? Mm. Ah, I should, I've been awake all night and stuff. I should go to sleep. And then you think, I can't. If the day is, the sun lights up. Yeah, yeah. And, in fact, sun does, you know, modify your circadian. Yeah, it does wake part you up. Of the way it, it, it tells you when you can and can't sleep, mm-hmm. uh, which is why shift work is really difficult. Because yep. you try and sleep during the day, and you can't. Also, yep. when you live in a cave... Uh, there's this guy who went and lived in a cave. Your days become really long because you have no sunlight at all. You don't know when it's daytime and your body just makes you sleep. Yeah. So like this guy living in the cave, he's sleeping for 18 hours at a stretch. <laughs> and his days, he thought he'd been down there for, you know, five days, but he'd really been down there for like seven. He'd slept yeah. most of it. Yeah. But anyway, the, the other side of that is the... Um, Jesus Christ, what was I saying? I got so <laughs> caught up on this... this Sleeping. Yeah, so I'd, I'd see the sunrise. Yeah. And I'd go, okay, well, I'm going to have to reset myself. So yeah. I'll stay up until sort of the afternoon, yeah, evening. Yeah. And then, yeah, go to sleep. And yep. then you sleep through till the morning and, you, mm. and you're quite refreshed. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing this research found. There's three recovery days. They found that people return with good health. And indeed, yeah. Randy Gardner here, after his 11 days of wakefulness, he had a, like a really good sleep, like most of a day. He woke up in the morning. He was basically fine with no apparent ill health mm. so there's, there's no there's no evidence or reason to believe that people can die from lack of sleep yeah right however um, they can ha- experience accidents mm. because they basically sleep they really kind of are yeah, yeah. there yeah. are some disorders for example fa- familial fatal insomnia right. which is a genetic disorder which causes lack of sleep and you know, one patient was awake for like three months didn't sleep. Uh, they died, though, from organ failure due to the neurodegenerative nature of that disease. Mm, yeah, so they yeah. still, even after three months of this disease, had not died for lack of sleep. Yeah, they yeah. died because they had a disease that slowly dissolved <coughs> their nervous system, basically. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I mean, I, a bit like you're talking about uh, uni days with editing film because we only had access to machines on like a roster. You started to get into this weird thing of like, oh, I can clock on at two. I, got, I can do the shift, which is two to six. And so you start doing that. And then what you just said, Zach, exactly right. Like once you do that a few nights in a row, 
I mean, you're a bit like night shift worker, but then you might have been able to have a shift in the afternoon one day or maybe then on the Friday you could go in at 8 p.m. and then you could stay till 4 a.m. sort of thing. Mm. But you were like, oh, you either tried to sleep a few hours during the day and then, you, and then you're like, oh, or I'll just stay up and keep editing or I'll keep going. And I remember that there was a couple of times that, yeah, it probably was something about like 30, 34 hours. I, I remember that food becoming a bit tasteless at mm. some point. Like, you know, to begin with, it can be very satisfying. Like, you know, you eat something like a bacon and egg burger or something and it's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. But I think you get to sort of about 30 hours and then it's almost like you could have that same thing and go, oh, it's not really tasty. Like, it was like I was losing my taste buds. Yeah. And, and then you're sort of losing the joy in food. But I think a lot of that is all your brain trying to literally say, go to bed. <laughs> go to sleep, right? Like, reset yourself. Well, the the theory of dying of lack of sleep though comes about from a an earlier experiment where what was a guy's name? Oh, I don't remember his name. Uh, oh, there we go. In the nineteen eighties, Rechtschaffen. So some German fellow, of course, he grabbed a bunch of rats, stuck them on a on a disc which could rotate with a wall over a pool of water. Hmm. So the idea is that. The rats would sort of scurry about doing whatever, and if they, when they stopped and sort of went to try and have a sleep, right. on the disc, the disc <clears> would <throat> rotate, and just this little wall would give them a bit oh, of a bump and threaten to knock them in the water. <laughs> hell, that would, that would be hell. Up. Yeah. And after about two weeks or something, three weeks, they they died. <laughs> two three weeks. Yeah, they, no wonder. They died. Well, that's not just waking. That's and, torture, isn't it? Yeah. And so he's going. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. However trying to repeat this experiment with rats yeah. but using different ways of keeping them awake mm. they didn't die yeah right and then they were doing the same experiment with the turn disc with pigeons for example mm. the pigeons didn't care at all yeah right yeah they're, they're a bit miffed at being bumped all the time but they never died mm. yeah so we, we don't uh, even though this this movie however is putting a situation where uh, you you can't sleep something has yeah. damaged your brain yeah which would be more like that familial fatal insomnia, mm. which is where their their nervous systems were probably breaking down yep. more so than the lack of sleep was necessarily killing them. Yeah, yeah. And then you've also got all the accidents mm. and the paranoia and the, you know, tripping over and smashing your head and not being able yeah. to get up because you're just too exhausted. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, this film, the suggestion actually is none of them are actually dying just from lack of sleep. It's... From other humans. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> oh. We still didn't really see that. I, mean, I could well imagine... I could, I could imagine that situation <clears throat> you said, for example, where you essentially become... So, like, at 11 days, this, this Randy Gardner guy was basically mm. a zombie. Yeah. And you could imagine if he was not actually able to have sleep, like there was something broken there, you could well imagine then that, yeah, he would eventually just be so apathetic mm. that he would just sit there, perhaps even suicidal yeah. depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it sort of doesn't really matter how you die from lack of sleep, whether it's actually mm. from the lack of sleep or all the associated side effects. That's right, yeah. I don't know that I really care to find out <laughs> either way. No, we're going to start right now yeah. until our next episode of Space well, Rains. <laughs> yeah. well, the funny thing is the reason I was so <clears throat> tired when I was watching this film was because I, I got a spasm behind my shoulder blade yeah. uh, from the gym, you know, trying to be healthy and then you, <laughs> you make yourself yeah, unhealthy. Uh, yeah. uh, 
wasn't there anything in particular. I think it must have just been the way I picked up a weight or something. And yep. Who knows? I'm old. It happens. <laughs> and so trying lying there every time I shifted my head or a certain yeah, way, you sharp wake you up. It was the pigeon thing. Kept me kept me awake. I was I was like the rat on the wheel, yeah. and so I was very tired. Yeah. Very tired. And that's what happens, folks. Okay, so stay awake, and you can find out what is our next episode of Space Brains, which it is a classic. But tell us what you thought about what we said about Awake. Go check it out. It's a new film on Netflix. As I've kind of said a couple of times tonight, it's uh, a bit of a hidden gem. Let us know what you think about it. You know, the stuff we touched on that Surrey was talking about, uh, you know, the symbolicness of being awake, uh, being rebirthed in the water, coming back around, looking at the world differently, critical thinking. Did you agree with that stuff or did you disagree? Did you have your own interpretation? And you can hit us up on any of our social media or our website and let us know what you thought about Awake. So for our next episode, we are looking at... Uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1956 Ooh. version. So this is the original. This film is one of our classics. And it is. one of the reasons we're choosing it as a classic is it has been remade so many times. It must be a classic. I mean, not only just as remade as Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's also very influential on the whole bunch so many of other stuff. films have this same uh, concept of, they of do. people being taken. I yeah. mean, The Thing, for example, yeah, yeah. is basically Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It is. Made all Cronenberg-y. Yeah, yeah. It's like, although Cronenberg didn't do that one. That was John Carpenter. Yeah. Cronenberg is the say, fly. Fly, yeah. We'll do the fly another time. Yeah, we will. So, yeah, go hit it up. It's an old movie, but it's a goodie. And it, so it goes on to our classic list and we'll be taking a deep dive on why it is a classic. Uh, check out all our details. Make sure you, if you're interested, go make a sci-fi film for our sci-fi film festival. And until next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.